0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Freshly Awoken podcast. Uh, What are we at? I always forget what number we're at. Number 13. Uh, Number 13. uh, The topic is going to be mental health. I'll let Fresh get a bit more in depth into that in a minute. But before we do, we need to our guests the most important thing. Um, So we've got, wait, Luke, sorry, uh, Blackfire Rebel. uh, You haven't been on before, have you? Nope. No, I don't think I have, no. No, this is your first time on. I uh, man, so. I can't believe that we've done so many podcasts, we haven't been able to find a time. He's always working. I ask yeah. him, like, all I the usually, time. I usually work on Sundays, yeah. 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 All right, well, uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, so I'm Luke, also known as Black4Rebel. I'm a streamer on Twitch, and I'm doing YouTube as well now. Uh, so I guess that's my two things. I do, like, strategy games and stuff, and, and that's, that's me, more or less. Nice. Yeah, nice. I'm 22. I live in England. <laughs> <laughs>
0: nice. Do you stream much? Um,
1: uh i stream i I try and stream three days a week but i end up streaming like five days a week and i'm I'm trying to stream less which is a weird thing to want to say
0: but i need to stream less (laughs) (laughs) nice 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 and uh our other guest uh what are we calling you sorry prozac prozac (laughs) oh my god is that a joke
2: <laughs> topical,
0: it's t- <laughs> He just got it woke,
3: it's been sitting I there the whole time. My <laughs> Lord.
0: I didn't even think about it. Yeah, no, it's good, it's funny. It's funny. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Yeah, hey, I'm Zach. Um, I've known Fresh and Woke for a long time. Um, I work in industry with young people, um, and a lot of that work is related to mental health. So, they were kind enough to invite me onto the show.
0: Nice, yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. was, uh, yeah. I don't know why, but when, when I thought about mental health, I was like, you were probably one of the first pe- people that I thought of uh, in my own life, just because I know that working with young people comes with a lot of mental health territory. So, um, mm-hmm. thank you for coming on. And uh, obviously, we've got Fresh Plays Live.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, yep. How's it going, guys? I am Fresh Plays Live. Uh, you're on my channel, obviously, but I stream on YouTube now, too, on Monday, so... Follow or what is it called? Ooh. Subscribe to the YouTube Fresh Plays YouTube Live. Mondays. Very YouTube Mondays. YouTube nice. Mondays. That's it. And how you doing, Mark? Uh
0: yeah, I'm good. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, I'm Mr. Work TV. I on Twitch. Um, and I just hang about. <laughs> That's pretty much it. I'm playing Dark Souls at the moment. Um, and uh, Fortnite, which I'm like obviously a god at. <laughs> uh, and I recently shaved a pretty, a pretty hefty beard <laughs> into this quite sleek, um, good-looking thing on my face, this handlebar moustache. And I know all of you guys are like, please, you're Super so attractive jealous. now. Yeah. I need to be really careful mm. around Oof. you. Um, but yeah, I also run this podcast with Fresh, so mm-hmm. uh, that's me. That's we me. run this and, town. Uh, hope you guys like it this is actually the first time i think i've i didn't think about it but this is the first time i've been on stream with this filthy yeah. filthy <laughs> noise <so.
3: laughs> hey on to the favorite segment Woke. Ooh, the, the uh, favorite beer segment. review not Mate. bad maybe i don't know that was great was that right?
0: <laughs> all right good well done so it turns out <laughs> what we need to do to get that right is just not include our guests yeah yeah done um yeah, yeah nice uh, so i'm gonna i'll start with mine yeah. so i was at the shop and Look, I don't know if a lot of you guys know my my real name, but um, this beer has reference to my real name in the label, just in case you guys want to try to like figure it out, sleuth it out. But uh, it's a premium (laughs) lager called Hollandia.
3: Hollandia.
0: Hollandia premium lager, and uh, that's what I'm going to be drinking. To be fair, I'm not expecting a lot. I I I jumped on it because the name, uh, but it was $35 for a carton, so I'm not really expecting much. Uh, who else has a beer?
3: Um, I've got the uh, I've got a Four Pines, which is a really good, actually a really nice um, company. I like their beers, and I've got their Drought today. It's a pint-sized Drought, so looking forward to it. It should be good. Oh,
0: nice. It's looking good. I
3: nice. believe Rebel's got some sitting on his radiator there.
1: I did. I I went out and bought myself a, a nice smoked porter. It's Viven. of course. Where I am right now, it's midday, but but it's a Sunday, <laughs> so you know. Um, yeah, it's a Belgian, a Belgian smoked porter. Um, and I have no idea what it's going to be like. Hey, yeah, nice, nice.
2: And uh, Zach, you you didn't have a beer, right? No, but I have since. I've got a Brookvale oh. Union iced tea. Oh, lovely, very nice. nice. A bit controversial, but it's good. Controversial, nice.
3: All
1: right, sweet.
2: Uh, all right. Crack them, boys. crack
3: them beers boys all right so to get into the topic um i thought we would come up with it we've got the pretty broad question um so gentlemen what is your experience with mental health have you had much experience what would you say it's a, i know it's a broad question but what is your experience with mental health
0: um well i i guess i'll start i have definitely uh i've had um, I feel like it's a weird thing because growing up, when I was younger, mental health was so far from my mind. Um, I it never really crossed my mind until I was like a proper adult, I think. And I, I don't know if that's just like a product of our times where it was like we didn't it wasn't really talked about or it wasn't around back when I was like a kid. Not that it wasn't around, but like that it wasn't part of like the mainstream culture or talked about much. Um, But then once I became an adult, it was sort of coming into its own and people were becoming a bit more aware of it. And so it, it, I became more aware of it because of that. But um, in my adult life, I've definitely, I've known so many people that struggle with mental health issues. I've uh, worked at a school for at-risk children where like every single one of the kids at that school had some like serious, serious problems that they were dealing with. Um, I have had some mental health issues myself um, over the years and I've also dated um, a couple of people that have struggled from like anxiety and stuff like that and had to see how that kind of plays out and flesh that out in my relationships, which has been super interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Radio right, yeah. is a nice way to put it. But yeah, that's kind of <laughs> my experience with it. Uh, what about you guys?
3: Rebels Zach? Yeah.
0: I'm 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 happy to go. Um, So yeah, I've I've
1: I I've struggled a lot with my mental health. Like when I was a kid, like I was one of the at-risk kids when I was younger, and um I still struggle with stuff from time to time. I've also dated people who have had anxiety. Um, I I struggled a lot with self harm when I was younger, and I did a I have um seasonal affective disorder as well. So in the winter months, and especially because I work nights too, like I have to uh take supplements and get like a sunlight lamp and all that kind of stuff and um but yeah I sort of got my history in sort of dealing with it myself and trying to be open with people and talk about it which is kind of what I've struggled with um from my perspective. So I, I'm kinda of trying to bring kinda of trying to bring that perspective from my end.
0: Nice. What yeah. was it sorry um I've not heard a lot about seasonal Seasonal. seasonal affective
1: disorder the abbreviation yeah. is sad even though i think affective starts with an e but i'm <laughs> the dyslexic. <laughs> the abbreviation is so sad i don't know um yeah. but it's, it, it's basically sad. <laughs> um it's basically uh when you don't get enough sunlight it obviously um i guess you guys don't really have to deal with that much in australia because you get a lot of sunlight yeah no um no. but oh, no. <laughs> uh yeah it's um yeah, it's basically just a lack of natural light can really affect your mental health, and okay. I suffer with it quite mm. a lot. And obviously, yeah, I work nights and stuff, so that doesn't help it either. And just oh, basically yeah, during see. the winter months, it's win—it's summer for you guys right now, but it's winter
0: for me. Yeah, so it's like the height of the height of the big sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So is that is that like a is that like a vitamin D kind of thing? Like it's like the not getting yeah, kinda, like yeah. the kind of this nutrients yeah. or whatever we get from like daylight yeah effects
1: yeah pre- more or less people yeah have like a, it like creates a chemical same. imbalance yeah
2: right yeah, yeah. have you That's invested it. in any of those light bulbs rebel i i
1: have a uh i have a lamp that i keep by my bed um which uh an ex-girlfriend bought for me and i was like at the time i was like it's just a stupid lamp it's not gonna <laughs> do anything and it's like well, what do i need a stupid lamp for and like during the winter months i wake up i open my phone i turn my little lamp on and then i have to like i have to sit in bed just like in front of this lamp for like a good five ten minutes before i can actually like get up oh, wow. and it does it does genuinely really help well, lamp helps nice. yeah, nice. yeah. And, which is uh, weird because it's it's a lamp
0: <laughs> yeah right yeah. I, I i've definitely found that it's like sometimes the so not the solutions because i don't think there's like one be all and end all solution to the problems but or like to people's problems but sometimes the things that can help are like so like they feel stupidly simple Mm. like so um quite quite a a lot of the reason um that i've struggled with my mental health is because of my sleeping habits which are borderline non-existent (laughs) um i do not have sleeping habits uh and how how that lack of sleep then has like knock-on effects to like how I interact with my day, how I interact with people, my energy levels, and all that kind of stuff, and how something so simple as potentially just getting better sleep can can like pull you out of a out of a rut, or turning on a lamp for a few hours a day can potentially pull you out of a rut. You know, it's it's weird how yeah. like sometimes it can just be something so simple. Um, Zach, what uh, what about you? Have you you said before that you work with kids obviously and that comes with the mental health issues come with the territory kind of thing when it comes to kids
2: yeah absolutely um it's for young people it's one of the top three issues um research-wise that they're um they're concerned about and they're wanting more information on um and that's kind of the last 10 years in a nutshell really We've, we're just really starting to understand and and want to understand mental health mm. um in terms of me my career has definitely been shaped by my personal experience with mental health as well um been right across the spectrum in terms of um feeling relatively happy with life to feeling absolutely uh destroyed by it and mm. um but yeah feeling uh feeling in a good space uh for me anyway has always been quite temporary and it's kind of about managing um things rather than expecting some sort of cure or anything like yeah, that no no um obviously. which is something i'm sure we can go a bit more into detail today yeah. um but yeah i've uh had my run of anxiety and depression and um i don't think those things are going away anytime soon but i'm in a very good spot at the moment um nice. so much so where i think i can uh, like i enjoy and I'm, I'm pretty active in promoting and um supporting people with their own mental health journeys that sort of thing
0: awesome awesome yeah i think that's uh, it was interesting that you said um, the whole like the last ten years is where it's really coming to its own, and and I kind of touched on that as well. Whereas like, man, I don't really remember when I was a kid. Um, so I'm I'm uh, almost thirty. I turned, I turned thirty in like a month, guys. Just for those oh, of you who don't know. Oh, month, Wait, what? two months. <laughs> oh my god! So I'll get him out. What a boomer. Um, but uh, yeah. Sorry. So um, uh, but when I was a kid, like um i it, it was not brought up at all it was never discussed i don't think i don't think i know anyone that mentioned it or any learning anything about like mental health issues when i was growing up did you guys have similar experiences
3: mm, there was definitely a lot more of a stigma around it and if people like if you knew someone was getting cat well uh, at least in my social circles if someone was getting counseling or something it was like oh well, he's, he's probably a little bit crazy or something like that
2: which is yeah. really terrible yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely yeah um and i think um, since we've kind of been able to identify and um, diagnose a bit better, I think a lot of the things that we were experiencing got passed off as other things. So I can like mm. most of us who had um, glandular fever when we were in year 11 or 12, mm. probably not from kissing. It was probably actually like symptoms of um, anxiety and depression. But our parents <laughs> yeah. were telling us that it was, Glangular. you know, oh, it's got to be, kissing. my child isn't depressed. They've got to be have glandular fever. That's more yeah. likely. Yeah. Um, why
0: why do we reckon that is that the, why do we think that um, there has been a big shift in awareness around mental health? Is it because we're kind of like, we're realizing that this is something that we can actually help with and address or like, is it um, like a social acceptance thing where we're finally kind of coming to terms with the fact that these people aren't like crazy, they just need a little bit of extra help? Um, yeah. yeah.
3: I think it's a bit of a social, um, like a culture change. Um, Mm -hmm. Science is also really good for figuring out things, funnily enough. And uh, like after as more and more like um, studies come out and science come out about these things not being, um, about them being very biological and that kind of thing, a lot of the stigma falls away.
2: Yeah. And we've definitely got it wrong a lot up until now as well. Um, Mm. I think cognitive behavioural therapy for anyone that's done Or experienced counseling or had counseling a lot of the counselors will be using cognitive behavioral therapy Mm -hmm. Um, and for those who don't know that's kind of like a combination of different therapies that they've kind of combined and it started to stick and be quite effective Mm. and i think because psychology is kind of being recognized as a a legitimate science um Mm. more so in the last 15 years as well um there's definitely more opportunity to get help um And then there's more opportunity to monetize that help as well. But maybe that's a conversation (laughs) for another time. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I think that's, that's almost any industry, you know, like when you see industries boom, you know, like there has to be, it's almost, it's a bit sad, but there's almost like, there has to be monetary, there has to be a monetary side of it. Otherwise the like, there's no incentive for people to pick it up. Like if there weren't careers in, like psycho uh psychology and stuff to get into then like why would people study it you know or like yeah. not there would still be people that study it and that that um that get into it um completely altruistically um yeah that's a hard one because i i would hate to say that anyone getting into fields is not getting into getting into them for altruistic reasons and and wanting to genuinely care and want to help people <laughs> but it's obviously incentivized by money right yeah I, think, yeah I
1: think the i think the incentive for most people is to help but you would be able you wouldn't be able to help as much as you want to and you wouldn't be able to study it as much mm, if you cool, knew that you wouldn't be able to, to fund fund yourself through it right yeah. Yeah. it's like yeah. i yeah. want to do this good thing and i can dedicate my whole life to it because i'm going to be able to pay my bills with it as well
0: yeah true. Mm, i think yeah, that's no, sort of, I, can, I can actually yeah. live a life without having i can i can care for people without having to sacrifice my life huh. for it you know imagine if twitch yeah.
3: streaming was like that <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and i guess um like a lot of a lot of oh, geez i completely forgot what i was going to say now my joke was too funny sorry move on <laughs> well it's
0: interesting that you bring up um twitch and stuff because obviously uh, i i I've, I've personally found that there's a lot of um a lot of the people on the twitch platform whether it's viewers or streamers struggle with um, some form of mental illness in mm. in one shape or another. Is that something that do you think um, online interactions generally attract those kind of peop- uh, people that are struggling or is it that being online and um, the way that we interact online helps to cause us to spiral out of control or, sp- or go down those paths that are mm. a little bit darker?
2: Mm. I think I we talked uh, I'm not uh, sure
0: about a lot of that.
2: Yeah, yeah, fair. Okay. We're all people like to speak. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think. I think a lot of it comes from connectivity. We, we um, we have more of an opportunity to meet different people from different walks of life. And I mm-hmm. think, and this is mm-hmm. something that I know we wanted to talk to about about today as well, is that um, I don't think any of us get a good run when it comes to mental health. It would just be yeah. like how severe it is for us. Um, and I think that when we talk to people who might be um, comfortable with sharing um it's inevitable that we think about our own lives and i think because the conversation's becoming um, more appropriate and more positive and um more accepted i think we're definitely uh introspecting a bit more and thinking oh maybe maybe i'm experiencing some level of anxiety or depression and um yeah i don't think that's Mm. a bad thing but um Mm. i also think you need to uh, you need to be careful and take advice from the right places and um, mm. make sure that you're protecting yourself as well
3: mm.
2: i think yeah. we talked yeah.
3: before woke about um how like like social we we're talking about social skills and how um social stuff is just like really really complicated it's no um set way of thinking about it and so much yeah. is like um non-verbal and inferred that you that it's 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 very difficult for people and we understand why people have social um problems and then so they, if they're on the internet, um, because they've got some social problems, and then they're, it's a lot easier to, um, kind of negate that out behind a keyboard. So, um, if you if you're doing that constantly and not really getting any face-to-face interaction, that can you can see that it can definitely damage your mental health.
0: No, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I I think it's like, for me, I think it's like it's a two-way street as well. Like it's kind of like, uh, being online, it definitely. Has the benefits for people that are struggling with social issues and, with, um, or like struggling with socializing and maybe struggling with a little bit of mental health. It has benefits, but then it can also be detrimental as well. And it just depends on mm-hmm. how you manage it and how you use the platforms and being aware of your limitations, I guess, is a big one. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I definitely, I definitely found that the, that, being, it, it's, it's, this is a hard one because it's kind of like, okay, so, so, um, I've, I've had my struggles with a bit of anxiety here and there. Um, nothing like ridiculously insane. Um, or like insane, something. Wait, should I not be using that word? Um, <laughs> uh, I, but I don't, I don't think
3: insane's classified as an ableist, like, slur. I think, oh, I mean, we do categorize B. That's an interesting one. I don't think so. I I think it's fine.
0: Yeah, but um, no pun intended. Um, So uh, not like a really heavy dose. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but I've definitely had my problems with that. But I found that being around a lot of people that were having the same kind of issues as much as it it was great because it kind of like made me think, oh, okay, well, maybe what I'm experiencing is actually um, some level of anxiety. I also found that knowing that it was anxiety didn't necessarily help me deal with it. Does that make sense? Uh, like as you know, in like almost the diagnosis initi- didn't
3: necessarily help Yeah, you.
0: like the self the self diagnosis. Oh, okay, okay. Initially when I go, oh, well maybe maybe I am struggling with anxiety before I um sought help for it. Mm. It was not a positive thing, you know? And I, the the positive side comes from when you actually... Act on the fact that you think you might be having mental health issues or, or need some some help and whatever, and that's where I saw positive, um, like positive benefits. Not mm. from just having the awareness raised and and being like, oh well, maybe I am struggling here. And I found that that actually was like quite detrimental to me because then mm. I started like getting up in my own head with it and being like, oh my goodness, like. I'm uh, like I have this problem that I need to deal with or like that that I I need to seek help for and then that kind of helped feed into the anxiety and it was kind of yeah it was like a weird one.
4: Mm.
3: I think um a good lit- litmus test is when um you if you if you parallel it to um a, a, like a an actual um illness like a like a physical illness and you go um so if you think about it like if you were if you were quite sick and you just thought okay I'm sick it's not necessarily going to help you get better but just recognizing that you are sick. But if you if you're able to actually get the help that you need from a doctor for a physical illness, that's gonna be what helps. And if you get with for a mental mm-hmm. illness, if yeah, you I get know. the help that you can get from a, um, a psycho, I would say would be the best one then you yeah. then you um able to
0: So do we definitely think that it's better we're in a better place today where we say we we raise awareness of people could potentially go get help rather than being like back in the old days where it was like, oh, toughen up, you know, and, like, just try to yeah. get through your life? Is it, is it better or is it worse? I think it's better, but the, the devil's advocate argument
1: is that people are going to, because there's more awareness, people are going to self-diagnose when it's not necessarily accurate mm-hmm. to what they're dealing with, and they're going to claim, you know, to have these things for, like, attention reasons or whatever. But I think the small amount of people that could potentially do that, if anyone, I'm not trying to say that anyone does because I don't really know, Um, I think even if like a small percentage of people do do that, I think it's still worth having the knowledge we have now. Like that's such, just like a small portion that getting the help for the people that really need it is worth a, worth a little bit of people, you know, maybe just acting up around it. So I think overall it's probably better.
0: Yeah. And you definitely see a lot of that online is people. I I think that are, are doing it for, for attention. And, and I don't think that's healthy i don't think that's a healthy contribution to the discussion
1: i think and i think almost that is a mental health issue in its own way right if you're claiming to do something like that for attention you know i think maybe not what maybe not what you're claiming to have but there is something Mm. else going on there that you need to address
0: yeah most likely. i've I've definitely had people like come into my stream before and be like oh my god i'm gonna kill myself kind of thing um have you guys ever experienced that yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I uh, just uh just out of uh, just out of curiosity how do you what's your like take how do you guys deal with it? When, so I, if, I, when it did happen?
3: one thing definitely that I remember is that first of all um I'm not a trained well um in in some ways like there's, there's nothing there's not not really much I'm going to be able to do if that person was very serious about like having suicidal thoughts then there's mm. nothing I'm going to be able to do from behind my keyboard a world away to help them out really. So talking mm-hmm. about it and entertaining it is is not really helpful because yeah. it kind of just gets everyone in that mindset right. and um is is not really a good way to deal with it. So um I usually I've got a command that's exclamation mark help if anyone mm-hmm. you can type that any time in the um chat and it gives them the uh the number for Lifeline in Australia and also America because that's where that hits like ninety seven yeah. percent, percent of my viewers um nice. and and yeah. then I'm like cool you know like if you if you're really struggling then you can talk to me in discord i don't really love opening that up as an option but i have before yeah um i'm not sure
1: yeah i I used to do that as an option as well but i don't really think that i'm a great person to talk to when it comes to that kind of thing and obviously i'm not professional so what i'll generally do if someone comes into my chat be like hey um i recommend you you know go seek actual professional help we don't really talk about that Mm. you know that kind of level of stuff um here on like a personal level but if you mm. want to stay around hang out have a good time try and take your mind off have a laugh you're welcome to stay and be in chat but if you're going to keep talking about it like i'm going to time you out i'm sorry i know mm. that's not helpful to what you're going through right now but like it's, i won't be able to give you any help the people in chat won't be able to give you any of the help that you actually need so mm-hmm. just try and seek out professional help but which feels bad to do right it's like don't talk about it shut up but it's like <laughs> i want you to be able to talk about it and you should be able to, but you need to do it to the right people. Yeah, and, you can you know, help. This isn't the space for it. And an appropriate time. Yeah. yeah. It feels bad, but
3: yeah. then, yeah. like, I parallel it with the physical. Help. Like, if you if you broke your finger and like went to like your friend and was like, "Dude, I've like got a broken finger. Can you help me?" They'd be like, "You need to go to like a professional to like get this reset yeah. or whatever." Yeah.
0: So they it, wouldn't. They wouldn't try just... to set a cast. No. Or your
2: fingers.
3: Yeah, home, we don't know really. how to do that. We're not in. Yeah. Remus yeah. art.
2: I think it is. It is all about that um what what like, in industry would call it like effective referral, just mm. being you don't have to be very good at understanding mental health, but just being very good at being able to direct people to the right places, so like a lifeline whether it's a lifeline um referral if like you feel like a life's in danger, that sort of thing that's really helpful mm. um and it might not the person might not feel like it's helpful, but that's really all you can do in your capacity it's not yeah. It's not really, uh, your responsibility and it's, uh, they shouldn't be thinking that it is either.
4: Hmm.
2: Um, yeah. I always, uh, one thing that we always talk about, um, in youth work as well, is like, um, if you want to whinge or, and we use the whinge to like mean anything that's like kind of that informal where you're like, it's a real one-sided conversation or you're just mm-hmm. kind of venting or whatever else, like do that with your friends because that, that's what your friends are there for. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm anyone outside of that should be really intentional about directing you to either your friends or to someone who's a professional because it's not Mm -hmm. really yeah you got to be intentional with your time (laughs) um yeah
0: interesting wait so is that sorry just so it's like um if you uh, sorry i didn't quite i didn't quite understand that so like you you say that if they're if they want to like if they're talking to someone outside of just their friends, then it's like they need to be like understanding that they're
2: like asking for help, like professional help kind of thing. Is that yeah. What you mean? So, yeah. so in terms of like what Rebel was saying about his stream, like unless they have the intention of wanting to get help, like if they're asking Rebel, can you please like give me some help with this? And then Rebel was able to give them some information. Really, that's not an appropriate conversation if it's just them kind of saying things and Mm. like creating a create a a forum of communication that's not really necessary Mm. or helpful Mm. um if they want that kind of communication where they're wanting to like maybe just vent something and get it off their chest maybe it's best to do that amongst friends um but if you're really wanting help then you're ready with that help available to them i think that's yeah. yeah yeah that's a really good way to look at it and
0: and pretty much um like it's one of those things where it's like I don't really talk about it unless it's with people that I'm seeking help from or with like friends you mm-hmm. know like it's not really something that I just like spout off about and like talk to every tom dick and harry that walks past you know I'm not sitting I'm not walking down the street and meet someone for the first time and go like oh my god like I'm I've really struggled with like anxiety you know and like but online there's that disconnect from um the disconnect from that where you just feel like, I don't know, like you can say whatever you want, you know, it's mm-hmm. kind of weird. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've covered, we've covered online interactions. On-
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I feel like it's kind of relevant mm-hmm. to everything, but um, yeah. Um, I really wanted to touch on Zach, one of your thoughts here that was um, about uh, the Netflix show 13 reasons why I know it was a while ago now and it's not really like a trending topic anymore, but I remember at the time there was like huge, um, controversy around that show um mm. did everybody here uh did anyone here not watch it you,
3: you haven't watch watched it, it ramble oh so no. Gosh, no, no. is <laughs> that is
0: that from uh it didn't interest you or you didn't want to you heard about what was going on in there and you didn't want to experience that at all or...
1: yeah like it, it it wasn't so much that i was like oh i, d- I don't want to like go through all of all of that but it was it was more like it definitely interested me but i was i think when it first came out i wasn't in a great headspace myself so i was Mm -hmm. like i'll probably just give this one a miss Mm. and then as things do you
2: kind of just forget about it
0: (laughs) Mm. yeah Yeah, fair enough fair enough uh zach did you watch it
2: um yeah we uh actually actually i had to watch it for work (laughs) because um uh here in perth the um for young people, the mental health service is called Headspace. Um, mm. They had like a, it was like something like 33% increase in um, intake from after 13 Reasons Why. Mm. Dropped. Wow. Um, yeah. And that's crazy. for them, that's, uh, you know, that it's good because obviously they're getting help. Yeah. Um, but the other thing was, is, it, is it problematic? Is it actually creating issues? Mm. Um, yeah. And, should uh should netflix be accountable for that kind of fallout as well
0: um i think there's something to be said for using um like i'm not 100% sure if like entertainment is the right way to go about raising awareness mm. I think there's definitely something to be said for that like it's all very well like the whole the the the, the pro uh, um take on it is to to be saying like oh it's really good that it's raising awareness and how else are we going to get these messages the message to these kids but i think there's like so many other ways that this message is getting around that it's not necessarily necessary for it to be done through entertainment and something that's like mm. supposed mm, to be yeah. there to like make money and just get, get views basically mm,
3: definitely yeah. and it definitely um uh portrayed suicide in a, in in a light that you don't really want to have it right and that was the main criticism of it was that um uh i mean maybe a bit of a spoiler but i don't feel like it is but the, the chick's basically still hanging around obviously the actor's still acting out everything so it really feels like she has a living presence even though she's it's all set after she's died so yeah. um that was a that was the main criticism was um you know kids don't understand once you're dead you're dead like you don't hang around and do all these things to people who Mm. who bothered you in your life kind of
0: yeah i I know zach you said that there was like an increase in um people seeking help that was right do you know anything about i guess the more the, the less pretty side of it like suicide and stuff like that
2: um yeah absolutely and headspace deal a lot with um when there has been a suicide in a school they'll come in and do what's called a postvention workshop, which so obviously it couldn't have been prevented, but um, they then operate to kind of make sure that people um, understand that and to not have a repeat so that people are kind of aware and, um, and know what to do. Um, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a strange one, especially for a program like that where they, um, and I, I know it was, it was like a book or something, was it, to begin with? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, and um, and they they had that choice to kind of show like a realistic depiction of certain situations. Mm. Um, and then I think their kind of their response to that was a little short, like documentary on the side that like Selena Gomez is like, "Yeah, we're raising awareness." It's like, oh, (laughs) but yeah, like, and then they, I think they repeated it in season two, which we watched as well. Um. And there's a really graphic scene in there as well, mm. and it's like, hey, is this is this actually doing what you're wanting it to do, or is yeah. it just really entertaining television because we are interested and we are kind of wanting that explicit content as well what's uh, what's your take on it just out of curiosity do you, do um, you appreciate the awareness or do you find, do you think that is potentially problematic um no, like I'm sure the narrative doesn't work as well if you did do it this way and mm. I'm aware of that, but I think they needed to approach it um, and really hit home that like the actions of this person weren't the responsibility of anyone else, that it was their choice. Mm. A lot of those conversations were wrapped up in like one sentence by one character. Yeah. Um, they didn't really take any accountability for the fallout. Um, mm. Maybe if they had a, um if Netflix could have set up something in terms of, not have to be in the show but make more of an effort to actually take responsibility mm. um but i i don't think i don't think it's very helpful to um look at it in that way maybe it is for some and i know we've uh in terms of like our list of things we wanted to talk about there is uh ways that we can kind of go about um kind of feeling things to make sure that um we're not feeling worse things and the whole like use of catharsis uh, a lot of us have used music or like mm. um maybe with punched da- that punch dance there rage out or different things like that like there are ways to deal with it but i don't think that program was uh i don't think that was a tool for like the majority of people i think it may have been helpful for a few people and probably quite devastating for quite a lot of other people
0: yeah yeah that was kind of my take on it as well it's like i don't know at the time when it came out it was definitely um it was very talked about and I was like, well, I've got to watch it. And I was watching it and I, to be honest, I didn't really enjoy the show, but I was like, man, everybody's talking about it. I'm just going to watch through it. And I was in a really g- good mental place at the time. And even uh, like, even me at the time, I, like when I watched the, the, um, the scene at the end, uh, I was, it was brutal. Like mm, yeah. I felt it. I was like, whoa. yeah, that was actually I brilliant. don't know. I thought I would be okay, but I don't know. Mm. i pro I, I feel like i shouldn't have watched that you know i don't think that they should have shown it and if mm. and if i felt like that imagine someone that was like that was that was struggling with this kind of thing and, and that kind of was what really hit it home for me that i was like like mm. i can't recommend this show to anybody yeah mm. it's another one like the, um the joker very
3: very hard to recommend to people
0: yeah yeah no 100 percent. i like watching has everyone seen the joker no. that's, that's a no from, <laughs> from the Rebel audience. you need to get out <laughs> I've, just,
1: I've just been playing video games man <laughs> I'm he's out a here real
0: gamer he's Dreaming. a real gamer on the yeah. grind the Joker did they release a video game for that um, but yeah that was the thing where I watched it and it was like did I enjoy that like it's a, it's a weird one for me I was like I wasn't really sure if I like enjoyed it even though I could appreciate that it was like a fairly well made movie I got to the end and I was kind of like, "Yeah, not mm. sure if I could recommend that to people. Who would I recommend it to without feeling like I was sending them into something that's like kind of triggering a little bit?"
3: The funny thing was, it wasn't like yeah. ridiculously violent or anything. As well, it was just None. like I don't know, like real. And like um, mm. a couple of scenes were just really, just really hit home. So yeah, it was. Um, I wouldn't. Rec- it was a really good movie, but I definitely don't recommend it to people, or you would struggle to recommend, like we yeah. said before yeah
0: um this kind of leads into something that i want to talk about i put it in my notes as like the top topic um so i was listening to a podcast the other day and someone um had this take and i thought it was really interesting and and i've wanted to discuss it with someone ever since i heard it that um we're at we're at the moment we're desensitizing our stuff to things uh ourselves sorry ourselves to to things for example we have like super violent video games we have super Mm. violent um movies and entertainment <clears throat> and the, the the conversation is always around how that doesn't affect us. And this guy had this take where it was like uh, he was a he was an ex-war veteran so he was like an American soldier and he'd been to Afghanistan and stuff and he was struggling with PSD uh P, wait PTSD. PTSD. Well, yep. Struggled there for a second. And uh he was saying he was like uh it's like this thing that they think where it's like if you these days you're you're pushing more stuff into your subconscious and letting letting it like dwell there and dealing with it Mm -hmm. that way rather than like facing up and and dealing with your problems and he was like i think that's he would this was his take on it he was like i think that's why we see such a larger proportion of society these days having mental health issues even if it's like a very small mental health issue is because he was like we we watch these super violent video games and whereas if you're in war and you have to confront that, like, killing someone, um, mm. if you're using it for entertainment and stuff, you're kind of, like, pushing it into your subconscious and dealing with it there. And I just thought it was a really interesting take and and, and thought I'd put it in there and see what you guys think about it.
3: Hmm. The um, yeah. data seems to show that um, it's right in saying that people are becoming desensitized to violent things and it's less shocking Mm. to see violent things that kind of thing but it doesn't seem to doesn't seem to be any evidence for um violent video games and that um causing people to become more violent not as of yet anyway
0: yeah and i'm not necessarily saying that like causing them to become more violent but i'm saying maybe it's it's ticking down it's like it's like almost passing the buck when you say like oh like i'm desensitized it doesn't affect me instead of it actually affecting you where you're like oh my god that was violent and i hate that and i didn't want to see that you're kind of like you're desensitized to it so you're 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 fine with it you're like yeah it didn't affect me but then there's like a pass the buck effect where you're actually going all right i'm not dealing with this up front because i'm desensitized and i'm mm-hmm. passing it back on to my subconscious
3: it does seem it like it would it.
0: relate that way um it
3: just in the studies that, they, that they've done it doesn't it also doesn't seem to be translating so much into that but, I, yeah. but I, yeah, I get it. It like, it, like, makes sense that it would refer over.
0: Yeah. I just yeah, thought it was really it interesting. It makes sense.
1: Mm. Yeah. makes sense, but I don't know if it's,
0: you know, how it, how it plays Accurate. out in actual effect. No, yeah, yeah, 100%. It's one of those things just like, study it. And... It's, definitely, mm.
1: it's, something, it's definitely something to, like, think about and consider when you're doing these things in, like, video games and stuff. Mm. I think you should try and, try and give that some thought.
0: Mm. No, yeah, 100%. Especially yeah, if you're, like, yeah. if you're struggling in some way with mental health issues, like, maybe being aware of the food that you're giving your body you know it it's the same with any yeah. kind of illness right like if you're if you're struggling with something they're like well be careful what you eat you know like um it's the same thing i guess be careful mm-hmm. what you consume what content you consume garbage in um, garbage
3: out oh, my parents always okay. used to say that <laughs>
2: <laughs> um I, I was kind of going to ask Rebel a question as well as like a probably the most hardcore gamer out of all of us i'm assuming is that what is <gasps> <well? laughs> Whoa. whoa i ain't no like
0: casual i ain't no casual if we're gonna rank
2: <laughs> us
3: on tears then, yeah, then i guess you can I'm do that
2: <laughs> yeah but just in terms of like um where like at, like as western culture we're pretty obsessed with murder right like it's that's uh that's in terms of like if you look at netflix it's it's all about serial killers like we're obsessed with it it's not it's a very small percentage of us that will experience it or um, know someone that's experienced it. Like it's very uncommon, but we mm-hmm. like to stimulate it. We'd like to experience it and we are obsessed with it. So like in terms of like the percentage of your games that are based around death or dying rebel, what would be like a percentage for you in terms of like the amount of games that you play? So like the, the, maybe the first person shooters or like LOL or whatever feel else like- it is.
1: I feel like every game I play has something to do with death in it. Like, like mm-hmm. if I think about the games that I played recently, RimWorld, where people come and raid your base and you kill them and your people die and you all kill each other. Civilization 5 and 6 I play a lot, which uh, a big part of that game is nuking millions and millions of people. Um, <laughs> which, I, I don't know, I guess it's less visceral than, like, shooting someone in a first-person shooter, but, you know, it's still you'll literally commit better. genocide yeah. in those games you know it's it's kind of crazy so I, I would say probably i can't think of a game i've played recently that hasn't involved death in some way
2: no uh, no overcooked or uh what's the <laughs>
1: <laughs> overcooked i haven't played i have not played overcooked in <laughs> Wait, probably about a year so
0: well i mean you fall
2: off <laughs> yeah i think you can burn
1: to death
0: right and you can burn i think you can burn if... in the fire oh even actually the are yeah yeah, yeah. I, that's an interesting point because I, I was trying to think about it. I mean, f- uh, someone in chat said Farming Simulator.
5: Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Those, yeah. Poor, those, uh, your, your, those poor Your cows potatoes. can
0: die in that, right? <laughs> <laughs> if you don't feed murder. your cows, guys, guys. There's two vegetarians <laughs> here at least. <laughs> Harvesting <laughs> corn is vegetable murder. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah, it's a,
2: it's interesting. Like, um, I don't think it's rehearsal. that like, we're not we're not learning how to kill. Mm. Um, But I also think we are interested in it, And by extension, I think we're always interested in dying and death. And um, I think having, I don't think that's a bad thing. Like, like as a, um, you're right that the research doesn't show that violent video games are are causing any issues. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it's like, how are you managing maybe the trauma or the, um, negativity that you might associate with um, circumstances where you you're kind of reflecting it on your own life or mm. um, maybe someone's made you second guess like maybe you do know a soldier who's experienced that and you're thinking oh shit um, mm. maybe i need to rethink those things like
3: mm. yeah, that's, yeah. True, that's true for sure and i think games um yeah. also like it, obviously you have to have um to have a effective game you have to have consequences within the game like positive and negative consequences and um the it's it, it would you know it's it started off low like um and it's gone up and up and up and now dying is the consequence and it doesn't get you know it doesn't get much worse than that so um once some becomes once some games become about that then all games become about that in a way if you know what i mean mm, yeah. like you, you still need to yeah, have that it's, it's, incentives it's to keep up. like yeah. doing things in the game
5: mm.
0: yeah and and yeah and for me it just comes back to it's like be careful what you're putting into your body you know like it these games are about this and it's you know if you if that's if you're struggling with something then you need to be aware of the things that are potentially affecting you even if there's no studies out yet that show it you know Mm -hmm. um i was interested i'm interested to talk about like our thoughts on happiness, and mm. I guess what it means to us. I know that fresh, you put a little bit in here mm. about happiness. What was? Uh, you've got some percentages um, in here. Do you want to explain that one? To us? Yeah, yeah.
3: I get, I get there. Um, I wanted to talk. So I was, I was thinking, I was trying to think about. Um, I was thinking a lot about mental health, obviously in prepar- preparation for this. But um, and I was thinking that the people with poor mental health seem to have a different, like um, I was trying to compare myself because I feel like I gener- generally have like quite a high level of. Um, happiness I guess I'd say and um, I've always kind of been that way um, and people who seem to have poor mental health have, have a baseline that's a little bit lower so um, it's like bad bad stuff can happen to me and that will affect my life but if my baseline is already higher then it seems to affect me less than people who've maybe a little bit lower on that line but um, I watched this documentary on Netflix that so was pretty good um, it was I think it was just called Happy um and it talks about where happiness comes from. So um I wanted to also pre- preface this by saying like it sounds like I'm just saying like be happy, don't be like don't have just mental health happier. problems. Like yeah. But, have, you I, <laughs> have you tried being happy? Have you tried being happy? But it's just it's a nice talking point. Isn't it? I don't wanna I don't wanna sound like that. But um it was talking about how happiness comes. Um very interestingly, fifty percent of it was biological so some people are more predisposed to being happier than others which i found both saddening and also encouraging because it's own it's 50% is a large you know half of it um but it's also it means that the other half can be changed um 10% was your circumstances so um your financial settings and like um uh how things are going in your life um it it showed like all these um Examples of people who like um pull around like those rickshaws and stuff, and they've got like like no house. Their house is just like a like a shanty with like one wall and that kind of thing. But forty percent came from um the activities that you choose to participate in, your priorities, like your choices. So forty percent of your happiness basically could be pretty effectively changed then and there. So like it gave some really good um, ways of um trying to make yourself more happy. Okay, that's
0: interesting. It's it's really interesting. I'm probably going to go and watch that um, documentary, yeah. to be honest, because it sounds int- really interesting.
3: It is real cool. That whole fifty yeah. percent,
0: like um, from um, your just naturally natural biology kind of thing, is really interesting.
3: Hmm. Yeah. And, it, and it makes sense that, like, so let's say the the happiest. So let's say I feel like maybe fifty percent. So if like you have happiness as hundred percent, you could get to a hundred percent happiness, be the happiest mm. person possible. Um, so, like i feel like maybe my 50% is like you know somewhere in the 40 so like i've got a high propensity to be quite happy um mm-hmm. whereas someone who's who struggles with depression that kind of thing might be like in the tens or like um have a have a 3% predisposition mm. um to be happy so they've got to really okay. work hard to fill up the rest of their um stuff with happiness otherwise they're going to struggle yeah i don't know, it's, it's very interesting it's a really cool uh doco. it's really interesting yeah
1: see see now i'm like um because lately uh, especially because i knew it was upcoming to winter so i was like i need to work on what is going to make me happy and keep me you know keep my chin up this this winter so mm-hmm. i've been focusing on i've i've been one my my circumstances have changed financially which is something that gets me gives me a lot of stress lately my f- my mm. finances are a lot better than they used to be so that's mm. helped a lot um, and then i've been i've been going to the gym like five or six times a week and mm. i've been focusing on creating if it's for youtube or for twitch and just being able to like focus my priorities on that mm. instead of like relying on how other people value me like before in my life it was very much um if i was in a relationship with someone and that person you know loved me and stuff i was like this is where myself this is where i get my self-worth from Mm. which was something that i think was i relied on it so much it was it was quite bad quite toxic for me so now i'm like focusing on these other things putting my like actual thoughts into stuff so you like after you saying the percentages and stuff i'm like wow i've actually like that that makes sense to me because i've been doing these things Mm. and i am happier for it and i've been focusing on what is actually gonna you know keep me fulfilled and make me happy and it's actually definitely that's really good
3: (laughs) working at that 40 percent I think um, one thing that you touched yeah. on, so both Jim and um, like even st- uh, making YouTube, gaming videos, stuff like that, they they had this um, like section in the documentary called Flow, which was really, really cool. And it talked about like, um, it's very hard to quantify, but um, you can get in this state of mind where you're in, in flow and you don't, you kind of don't think about the stuff around you. you. You're like heavily involved in something. Um so for me, I would feel like that's maybe basketball for me or it could be gaming or streaming as well, where you, you're like you're locked into the moment and you are just like loving that time and, and stuff kind of outside fades into existence and they, they called it flow and that was something that um was really, really good for people's happiness.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Is this does this kind of lead in a little bit to Zach put something in there in the document about and he touched on it just before, but about how people use fighting or dancing or heavy metal and stuff uh, like to help them process emotionally and, and not necessarily for the processing part, but for the the happiness, like how does that translate where it's like you use these things to, um, to better your like happiness level? Mm. Is it like a good thing or is it a bad thing that, that we have to be doing these things to try to make ourselves feel happier? I don't know.
2: I love it. I think it's great. <laughs> I think um and, and some people are talking about it in the comments here, but um uh exercise you people will tell you constantly, if you go out for a run, um, there's a very high chance that you'll receive a massive uh amount of endorphins and you'll feel yeah. good. For a lot of us who don't really like that, you can yeah. find endorphins in other ways and that can be really good in kind of purging how you're feeling. Um there's there's a lot of research that shows that uh, heavy metal is probably the uh, happiest culture on earth when it comes to music. <laughs> really, um, that's is, that's yeah. insane. Wow. Um, you know they say uh, angry music for happy people, and that's the that's the <laughs> kind of the uh, the mantra of it right now. Um, and for other people, that might come from like extremely aggressive hip hop. Um, it can come from you know a, a banger, like so, just like singing your favorite tunes. You can, yeah. A lot of people um, might feel quite active when it comes to uh, um, what's the, I, I can't keep up, but like what was the latest one, like trap and grime and I don't think rinsing is a thing anymore, but like the, the, all these subcultures are you know, helping us um, or whether it's artwork as well, like you can create a terrifying fucked up image and it's, mm. you know, it's a way of you removing or mm. like, Kind of expressing how you're feeling. Mm. Um, That's cool. Yeah. And and uh, sorry, I'll let other people speak. But no, I do good. know. What like. I was what I was trying to get at with the question
0: is that is that is it, is it um, are these things like band aids on an, another kind of problem that we need to deal with, or is it good that we're actively trying to improve our mental health through these things? I think. Mm. Or is it better to for, just be like, uh, like I, I know it makes me feel better, but it's it's kind of like a temporary fix to, like what is a deeper issue, and I I really need to seek help.
1: It, I think I feel like it's complicated, right? Because some some things are a, deep, a more deep seated issue, and you need help. Mm-hmm. But also, mental health is an ongoing thing, and this is you know somewhat of an ongoing, maybe not a solution, like you say, maybe a band aid, but it's an ongoing way of managing it. Mm -hmm. so i think there's sort of i guess it depends on what you're dealing with but um yeah it's 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 hard to look at it it's hard to look at mental health as a whole as like a wound that needs fixing so i think i think just for general mental health stuff like that will help help you process but for you know deep underlying issues then maybe it is more of a band-aid on on a wound sort of type thing that needs to be dealt Mm -hmm. with
2: yeah, I think if it's part of your and like life is busy and we've got we, like we don't always have time to you know have a regular scheduled um, appointment with a psychologist or whatever else and yeah. um, they will ask you then like how are you managing like how what's your um, self care plan like and that might be a term that we are uh, we will hear quite a lot is terms of in terms of self care or um, your employer might ask you to, how your self care is as well and it's really just that how we how do you manage to cope each day um when you don't have that support available which is quite often like we don't we don't have full time access to a mm. um, mental health professional um so i i really encourage people to um find things that when they are feeling sad or angry or mo- emotions that we do consider negative um what are some things that you know puts you in a good mood and um why can't you abuse those <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of like uh i know there's a lot of stigma that like um sorry stigma is not the right word but i think we jump to the fact that like feeling sad and feeling angry is like a negative state um mm-hmm. and when we're talking about and also i think in terms of like when we talk about curing depression or curing anxiety mm-hmm. they don't really go away and you're always you're always going to be in a place where you feel sad or angry and those are really important um emotions to feel and you know if we look at evolution like feeling scared or feeling angry or feeling um depressed they've all um allowed us to survive um, mm. in certain situations exactly. it's when we it's when we overuse them and or when we are trapped inside them and i'm sure someone who's always happy probably really exhausted people as well <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah so i think uh and I'm glad that mental health is coming to a spot where we we are um, c- reclaiming all emotions as good emotions and we're not mm. really um, trying to make people feel bad for feeling sad or feeling angry because I mm. have really re- legitimate reasons why and awesome. if like putting on Parkway Drive makes you feel better about that, I think that's a, that's a good place <laughs> it's a good place to start <laughs> yes. yeah I, re- I really like that way of looking at it that like the reclaiming
0: emotions you know where it used to be like if if you're feeling this way, then it was, then it's, and it's bad thing, you know, and like, you need to toughen up and you need to be happy. Happy is the only good emotion, Mm. you know, and the only way that you should be trying to live your life.
4: Mm. Mm.
0: Um, And I I like that idea of that that around the awareness of um, around raising awareness around mental health issues. It's a way of being like, look, man, it's just because you're feeling sad doesn't mean that that's necessarily a bad thing, you know, Mm. like um, which is, yeah, that's a really interesting way to look at it. I really like that.
3: A lot of, um, uh, a lot of the time, I don't know if, um, I've just been thinking about this while you're talking, Zag. I don't know if you, just completely anecdotally, but, um, trying to help people, um, it sounds like, it almost sounds silly if you, if, um, if you say, you know, people should become more happy when there's something serious going on, obviously, but if there is not too much going on and someone generally has some mental health issues, um, and they're not, they're not feeling the best, um the hardest part, the hardest thing that I can find sometimes is when young people almost don't want to, um, they're, in, they're in a place where they don't see the value of being happy again. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, but mm. it, it feels, maybe it feels just intrinsic to us to say, well, why would you not want to be happy, right? You want to you live your best life. But mm. if someone's in that place, very often they're um, just thinking, um, you know, what's the point in even, even trying to be happy again? So is it? Um, yeah. I feel I find that the hardest to deal with in a way, I guess, or
2: to help people out yeah. of that. Um, yeah, and not to not to give a, an a bulletproof uh, answer to your question, like a silver yeah. bullet, but um, yeah, I, in in the same vein of thinking, like I find as well, um, I really struggle with young people, um, who they've only ever received attention or love mm. or um concern when they are in crisis yes because yes, how absolutely. how do you possibly change their way of thinking if the only mm. time anyone's given a shit about them is when they're sad
3: yeah when it's constantly reinforced that you will get attention because you're because there's a problem um yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, and the, the only answer i guess is the long-term solution of giving them love and attention when they're when they're doing well but that's that's very hard to
2: yeah and that conditioning takes a lot of time a long time yeah Um. Yeah. um yeah, I think, yeah, I, I don't have a. I. I, I always think in, um, the best thing I can do is give them all my knowledge and all my support and then um, just make sure I'm very effective in referring them to the right resources or um, making sure that they do see um, a clinical psychologist, whether that's like a, a youth-trained one or otherwise. Or, um, um, But I think uh, it's, yeah, I think it does come back to what resources aren't going to be are, are going to be like very non judgmental of what you're going through yeah um yep. they they can they can uh, acknowledge that you're feeling a certain way but they're not going to um kind of indulge it either like they're going to be very intentional about mm. we're going to fix it this way or um yep. ha- what works best for you how how do you think um but, and I think that's a, a good thing that uh, in terms of how mental health frameworks have changed in terms of services yeah. is it's coming a lot more to that hope and optimism space um and about um really acknowledging that people are the experts on their own recovery like mm. people know themselves best and we i think mm. we get really good at pretending like we know how other people think but yeah. um it really does come down to that individual and i'm sure when you've worked with those individuals you've found your way um, alongside them it's not always been um, the way that you think was going to work, maybe yeah. it was like, oh, they love they love like aggressive hip hop. Maybe it's something <laughs> to do with that, or whatever. Else.
3: Yeah, no. Actually, when you were talking about it, <laughs> I was
2: like, oh man, that's so so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe you just need someone speaking profanely for like twenty bars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To, like, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. there's a there's a lot of new resources coming out. Um, I uh, some people in chat, and and you guys might have heard of the Black Dog. Um, kind of idea related to depression and anxiety i have um, i think there was like an advertising campaign for or something yeah yeah if anyone's interested you can just google the phrase um i have a black dog and his name is depression mm, yep, um, yep. it's a dude talking about how um he's always he has this dog it's always going to exist some days it's a wolf mm. some days it's um it's a two-story building yeah um some days it's like a, a puppy that's um nipping your heels like you you don't get rid of the dog and it can be a learning experience but um you can your management of him um kind of dictates how your day is going to go and how mm. how bad he's going to treat you mm. um, yeah it's really think- cool
3: there's a few different books mm. we've got a few of them um at school and they and they're, they're really cool for it was actually i mean I, I know a lot about um mental health issues i guess already but um those like that, like fantasy style that they talk about it in, was like really, really good for me understanding heaps more. It. Yeah,
0: yeah. Is, this a, is it an wasn't Is it an Australian thing, Zach? I think
2: it was an Aussie author. Yeah, yeah. And then they kind of built this uh, uh this uh charity around him. Mm. Um, nice. Yeah, and they, um, they talk a lot about that. How yeah. it's it really is different for everyone. And um. Um, one thing that we've not talked about today, but um, in terms of like. Um, if you If you are at a point or um you're finding that um antidepressants are a good option for you mm. um, whilst for other people they might have really bad side effects that might not work for them so um how do you kind of balance or how do you um replace um antidepressants when you're either coming off them or you find that they're not really working for you mm-hmm. um, how are you chasing that those are uh, those good feelings if your serotonin isn't being influenced by a drug mm. um lots of lots of different ways that we might pursue that um sometimes it's buying a lamp to be beside your bed like we got mm-hmm. rebel's got his uh yeah. his different mm. um ways Vitamin of D. dealing with his chemicals that sort of thing yeah, yeah. definitely
0: I, I yeah there are i have noticed the emergence of so many more like you didn't mention it you mentioned the black dog one but the are you okay day um i don't worldwide or not but like mm.
4: um
0: in australia where there's like a specific day or i think it's i feel like there's been like several are you okay days this this year is that a thing that they're like trying to increase the frequency of them or i don't know it's, but a, it's, it's like a week of stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just a week but yeah and like um i know that my workplace does uh does stuff with it so when the are you uh, are you okay week is happening they they send out like campaigns and stuff not for public view for like back of house restaurant stuff where it's oh. like hey like let's raise awareness on this issue and um it it also I put in my notes uh, act belong commit which is like um i think it's like the wa um hmm. or actually it might, it might be just uh like a, a private organization um where they're like it's about trying to positively affect lives so it's like if you're if you're not suffering like serious like a serious issue these these are ways that you can potentially try to mitigate but it's all about positive positivity stuff it's it's a positive approach uh outlook on it rather than like a negative like yeah. you need to seek help you know like you hmm. need to um which is not i mean not to say that that's a negative thing but uh, quite often it's perceived as negative still um uh and yeah i i find them i'm really enjoying having more of that kind of stuff around
3: it's just really good for normalizing that in culture to um Mm -hmm. it almost it doesn't really it's not like a meme but it almost becomes like um a funny thing sometimes but also very serious like you know just going around to all your mates on that day and be like are you okay it's it's that's how you kind of um, implement things that become normal in culture i think that's really good
2: yeah Yeah. Yeah. that's one thing um i think for us as millennials what's the millennial cutoff 97 something
3: like that um i think, yeah, I, I, think I think so, so yeah. yeah no are we millennials so
2: like, yeah we're like, yeah i think we are <laughs> um Let's but like for, for us like we um we we all kind of like have different strategies and as millennials we kind of adopted this whole like self-deprecation memeing kind of thing um and i think i love it i think it's incredible mm. that we've kind of created a a way of coping and just like a way of kind of sharing and people being like, oh, that's me too, through memes of, uh, you know, uh, I, I think there was one that was like j- just something to take the edge off or something and it was like someone um, pouring like pictures of dogs into their hand instead of pills <laughs> and that sort mm. of thing. Like,
4: mm.
2: I think, yeah, memes <laughs> have actually been kind of like a, a, a strategy that we've created as millennials yeah. to, to kind of deal with this. And, I um, think that...
0: I think that memes is, is it's really interesting to like look into like the meme culture because it's, it's, it's our way of like having like really serious discussions, but like, and like bringing really serious stuff to the foreground while keeping everything like light and happy. I don't know. I, I'm, I really enjoy like looking through meme threads on Reddit and stuff like that.
2: (laughs) For sure. And sometimes that's
0: what you need. That's like,
2: sometimes that's the, uh. Yeah, that's, yeah,
0: that's that's, that's how I cope. Research. That's yeah, that's that's my medication. That's your his catharsis. Reddit, memes, Reddit, <laughs> Reddit, Reddit
3: threads. <laughs> Reddit threads. <laughs> Scary. R slash work memes. Yeah.
2: But uh, yeah, I think as well, it's just a like, it is that normalisation. Like we don't, we're not, we're not alone. Everyone feels this, and I think we need. I don't think you are immune to it. Like I don't know. I don't know if that's controversial, but I think. We all will suffer, um, and that's a bad word as well, but I think we'll all experience um, issues with our mental health at some stage,
4: Mm, Um, and
2: not all services will be right for us. In fact, I reckon most services won't be right for you. It'll be Mm. about trying and testing and um, seeing what works for you and um, whether that's like a drug or um, like a program or just like a conversation with someone, I Mm. think. Mm. um it's all we're all having a shit time yeah, yeah, <laughs> and we're yeah. all trying to figure it out um, i've yeah. uh i've definitely said that to someone before when they were
0: struggling with the whole um is this normal like i feel like i'm abnormal mm. and uh mm. this is something that i've gone through as well where I, I was like oh my god like like i'm sick i'm unwell and i that almost contributed to my like anxiety and stuff like that Um, and I kind of came to terms with it by going like, by, by reaching that point where I realized that, Hey, like every single person on earth at some point struggles with mental health Mm. on varying degrees, you know, like it might even just be like, Oh, they had a really bad day that day, you know, but like, that is technically like a mental health issue. Mm. Right. It Mm -hmm. was just right on the lowest end, you know, like Mm. Um, some people are happy all the time but coming to the realization that like we all at some point in our lives struggle with mental health issues um really helped me be like oh okay this is not i'm not like a freak i'm not unwell i'm not like there's nothing wrong with me this is a normal part of me being a human being that i have to learn to deal with it and um and learn how to um, manage myself and manage my mental health better um and that was a really positive thing for me is coming to that realization. And I've definitely passed that on that, like realization on to other people, whether or not they've accepted it or not, but that whole, yeah. Like you, you're not, you're not abnormal because you're suffering with this. Um, yeah, I wanted to mm. touch a little bit on um, medication, which you brought up a little bit there that I was like that whole, the whole uh, medication kind of weirds me out a little bit because it, 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 in my head, I relate it to this like one size fits all kind of remedy, and I feel like it's almost like a a product of. And I know that people, um, obviously, chemical balances and stuff like that, it can really help people. So I'm not saying that we should like get rid of it completely, but I feel like medication and over over medicating and stuff, these issues comes from like like past generations where it was like they were trying to like find they try to find this like one size fits all fix. For things and they want to just like take an issue and be like yep we solved it yeah sweet it's all good and mm. um and i i the more that i like the more that i get involved in this issue and i i found find out people around me that have struggled with things in the past and stuff like that the more i hear them talk about the more cases i've heard talked about where they're like man i like medication actually was like really really bad for me mm. um yeah i know that it does have I'm, I'm sure that there are positives to it as well and um, people, everybody's different and that's what I'm saying. Like, it's good to have that there as an option. But um, do you guys feel like we definitely went down that path for a while where it was like um, everybody, like, oh, just let's just push medication at people?
3: Um, yeah, I feel like there's definitely a few sides to it um, and it also did weird me up quite a bit until um, I did some pharmacology units at uni and um, like learnt a lot about how the, they call like, uh, SSRIs and that how the antidepressants work and um mm. and I was like, oh wow, that's like totally makes sense. But um the the I, I see areas where people are over medicated and where people are under medicated and obviously it's not ideal to ever be on medication your whole life if you don't have to be. But um if society gives you a gift that works um and and like works really well for you, I think mm. you're crazy not to take it and, and roll with it. But um the I do see um flip sides where People are not, um, so you've got either um, young people who very clearly need testing and um, not, I don't know, I'm not able to diagnose if they need medication, but um, have to, like, they're struggling. But um, parents and people of our generation, um, probably more so our parents' generation, uh, or like at least in between, have a a huge stigma around, I'm not going to let my child be known as a person on medication or be known as a person who has mental health difficulties and that kind of thing and that and they they really struggle for a long time because of that um so that's a huge negative in um an area that i could see where kids might need medication but then on the flip side like um it totally depends on the doctor and like we were saying before maybe it's a bit of a money thing where you go on in and they give you a pill and send you away and don't have to deal with you again and Mm. the best the best outcome
0: yeah yeah i definitely um i struggled a little bit when it came to um getting help when um i approached my doctor and they were very and and this was i I went to a few different doctors and they were very um uh like kind of send me away-ish like i i Mm. the amount i left i probably left um a doctor's office probably five times feeling Mm. as though they had just fobbed me off and been like oh no like this is not something um, that they wanted to deal with at the time, or that they had time for in the session that I had picked, or all that kind of stuff. Um, and it, like, I, I actually thought in this day and age, like, I don't know if it's just a product of the people that I'm around and where I live, where I thought that it would be, it would be different. Um, but I definitely, I definitely found that it was. Um, I definitely had a negative experience when it came to like trying to get diagnosed or trying to not get diagnosed, but trying to like seek help. Uh, medical help Uh, I guess you would put it
2: um Mm. yeah Yeah, I think for um I I, I don't know much about your experience rebel um being a bit younger than us uh but for us in the the approaching 30 bracket um we we definitely experienced that um well I know what you're saying Matt and also for myself Mm. but um we grew up in that era where mental health wasn't really acknowledged um Mm. To begin with and we kind of paid the price for that um but the for for the gps or like your general doctor they very much had that idea of like um here's your like we'll give you prozac and fuck off um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and i mm-hmm. think um i think uh for young people now um there's more opportunity to go to somewhere that has a bit more intention about actually spending time with you and getting to know you and, and treating you the way that works yeah um mm-hmm. For me, I I was on three different um, antidepressants over three years because the first two didn't work for me at all um, and were actually very unhelpful and and made me feel a lot worse about myself. (laughs) Um, And then, yeah, and then the third time was The Charm and I was on them for quite a while. Um, And now I can say that I'm off them. Um, But uh, I guess the the way that I've always described it is... um, and I think it's a really good metaphor um, for anxiety and depression is, uh, it's kind of like the ocean. Like you, uh, some days it's going to be really stormy um, and some days it's going to be pretty flat. Mm. Um, but it's constant. You're, the, the ocean does not stop for you. It's forces outside of your control. It's, it's not, you don't cure the ocean either. Like it, the waves will hit and it's about you managing the waves um, mm. And I think antidepressants, really good pair of floaties. Uh, So you're still going to like chuck you around and you're still going to feel pretty bad and pretty shit, but like, you're not going (laughs) to drown. I think, I think uh, that would be a a blanket for a lot of people, but um, obviously not everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, But what are you doing? What are you doing in the meantime to actually build your boat? Like how are you going to um, go from having like a pair of floaties um, or one of those like ducky things that you sit in to actually like, a boat that works and that can actually like break the waves um yeah like how are you learning to realize when the waves hit you or when they're rising above you or when you you get the opportunity to kind of duck underneath them or go over them like how are you making sure that um you are finding ways that it works for you yeah um and then one day maybe you won't need the floaties anymore because you're in like a sweet one million dollar um, yacht or something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, to, cool I think we need to take responsibility and actually begin to manage um our mental health better and take yeah. um, ownership of that process.
3: And using um, that so, metaphor, you could you could like I would I'm trying to think of so maybe you could think like psychs fit in as like swimming instructors or scuba instructors or something where they're helping you. <laughs> dolphin. Where they're helping you to like. Cuter yeah Okay they can be the dolphins and they help you and, yeah. and they help you they at some point it, learn how to
0: swim without the floaties Yeah that's interesting do you think that do you think that um there's some people that though that um they don't that they're looking for a one a one like a pill that solves all their problems and so they don't they don't put in that extra work to like try to get better they just think oh yeah i've got a pill that, therefore i'm going th- this is all fixed now is there people yeah. that are
2: looking for that? Yeah, I think so. And um and some people might find it. they they might find that um like taking antidepressant works really well for them. Um mm-hmm. what they don't a lot of the time they they'll uh they'll not tell you though all the side effects. <laughs> so You can um you can feel really you can be feeling better, but then um uh for me anyway, I'm speaking anecdotally now, but um I felt a lot better like i wasn't feeling things as hard mm-hmm. but um i actually kind of lost a bit too much of how i was feeling about everything so i became pretty apathetic about mm. a lot of different things um i also gained a lot of weight um mm. and these are the kind of things that they don't really tell you so i was getting kind of um i wasn't feeling great because of feeling like my my body had changed and uh putting all this effort into exercise and not knowing why I wasn't seeing any results. Yeah. Um, and then once I did get a, to a place where I was managing how I was feeling and I was like, I really do miss feeling things more. Um, I, I found myself in a place where I came off them and then I lost all this weight and I felt really good about myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I hadn't, but I hadn't realized um, what happened in terms of um, the the side effects and um, sometimes you need those side effects to avoid what um, inevitably might be something a lot worse, which is the situation that I was in. So it's um, yeah, it, it's kind of can be a catch twenty two. Can have different different ways of going about things. Um, yeah, it's uh, and I think that's just testament to um, everyone needs to um, spend some time thinking about what works best for them. Um, yeah. And really take ownership of that and and not expect the the miracle pill um, mm. yeah no yeah
3: I do find that interesting how things spiral down like you're saying with um if you so you're already feeling anxious and you're already feeling um at quite a low in your mental health, and then you you start taking something that makes you put on weight, so you're maybe your relationships are already suffering because you're um not in a good place and then they start to suffer more because your self-esteem and your self-worth is is not great <laughs> and then like it's just this and then and then maybe like you lose a job because you're um, not able to perform because you're not able to be in uh, the right mental space and then that leads you into yeah. like Spars. i don't know losing friends and then instead of drinking with friends mm-hmm. you're drinking alone and then like it's just like this like constant exponential downhill of um it's <laughs> it's, it's it's not like everything randomly happened and once it's kind of linked but really unfortunate that it all kind of happens like that. It's yeah. And so I don't really have a point with that. It's just kind of a very sad observation no, no, that no, it kind yeah. of works yes. that way. There
0: um,
2: oh, you go. So I was gonna I was gonna ask Rebel another question in regards to like, oh, um, like you don't have to share too much, but just in terms of like, um, do you find like a compounding? Um, effect in terms of like your sad and um maybe some of that the other i'm not i forget what you said sorry in terms of like if you experience that anxiety and depression but do you find that um uh, it kind of can cascade on you or
1: yeah i guess, I guess like to to an extent like I, I don't know if it's anxiety or depression but like uh, loneliness has always been a big factor in my life so like it will be like if I'm feeling lonely, and then when comes around, and then it just compounds, and it it does get worse, and it does get to the point where it is it things will just sort of stack up on each other, and it, it it yeah, and I think that is the way that all of these things kind of work. It it always ends up being one thing on top of another that leads you down this this route that is is darker, I guess.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah.
1: If if that answers the question, <laughs> yeah, they stack up.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I definitely I definitely it's, find it's that definitely a thing. Yeah, no, hundred percent. That that whole like, um, the more problems that you you're trying to deal with at once, it's it's definitely it's definitely helpful to try to reduce the things that you're dealing with when you're struggling to deal with things. Mm. Right? Like, I feel like that's just that just is like common sense, right? Yeah, yeah. You're struggling to cope with things, therefore try to remove the things that you're struggling with Mm. so that you can like cope with one thing at a time. Like, like
3: reshift your focus in a way and like and draw things back, like. Mm -hmm. i'm sure somebody who's in a real bad place isn't necessarily thinking about their like career path for five years time because they're struggling enough so you just got to keep bringing it in like reining it in getting closer
0: yeah um and that was to be honest that was part of the reason that i i um took a step back in um uh my work uh responsibility wise voluntarily because i realized that i was trying to deal with something that i needed more time and headspace to to deal with um and Mm -hmm. there were other reasons as well but um that was definitely for me that was like okay cool like this is potentially going to be a benefit to me because i can now focus on my mental health a little bit more than i was at the time which was to be honest i was Mm -hmm. just like shoving it to the side and pushing it down and going like i don't have time to deal with this right now i'm like trying to reach career goals or whatever i was trying Mm -hmm. to do you know um Um, so that's definitely one instance of where I've like tried to, I've realized that I'm trying to cope and deal with too much in my life and I needed to try to like reduce so that it didn't start like cascading on me and becoming, and and then it became like another problem that I was dealing with, you know? Um, and I Mm -hmm. think that, yeah, I think there's definitely, I definitely think that's something to be said there where, um, things just can cascade on people. And yeah. that's an important thing to look at when you're trying to, like, manage your mental health.
1: Yeah, most definitely. It helps, um, like, uh, break, break things down and deal with them one at a time. And I think mm. when you focus on your mental health, you end up being more productive in other aspects of your life anyway, because yeah. you'll, you'll be more motivated and you'll be able to look at things a little bit more objectively as well. It, overall, is probably, yeah, it's it's just a good way yeah. to look at things.
2: Mm. No, absolutely.
0: Um, I wanted to yeah. get a little bit of to I think every single one of us have, have mentioned like stigma in some way in our notes um I feel like we've been like fairly positive overall you know on this podcast and I feel like we all have fairly positive views on on the fact that like we're kind of like heading in the right direction in terms of there's more awareness around this issue and it's more common to be able to discuss it with friends and people without getting judged and stuff like that but do you guys have any experiences where negative experiences where you've you've seen this like negative stigma around mental health firsthand?
1: Yeah. Mm. So so for me this is sort of the main thing I want to talk about and I've 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 always wanted to sort of talk about this and express it to like mm. my peers online but I'm always worried about sort of accidentally glorifying, glorifying things I don't mean to, which is yeah. a silly worry and I don't think I'll do it but I wanted to wait until I was with you guys cuz you I feel like Fresh is sometimes my translator when it comes to <laughs> issues like this. I'll be like, "I think this and this," and he's like, "You mean this?" So I wanted to sort of bring this up more with you guys. <laughs> he goes, "So I don't he... accidentally say the wrong thing." <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So so um, I used to uh self harm a lot. So I used to I used to like cut myself and stuff. Um, but it was in it was a point in my life where I felt like nothing. I was I wasn't in control of anything, and the one thing I could do was control what happened to my own body. So I would go and do this thing and Mm. I felt like I couldn't tell anyone about it because it was like it was like this thing the stigma around it was like you do that to try and like end your life or whatever but Mm. I wasn't doing that it was just a control thing and I was trying to deal with it and I was Mm. like now reflecting back on it now I've stopped and I'm like I'm okay more okay anyway. It's like I want to be able to talk about that and Mm. I think there should be open discussion about it and people shouldn't I feel like you shouldn't be ashamed of, like, self-harm or self-medication, although Mm. it is, like, a bad thing, and this is where I'm worried about, like, I don't want to glorify it, right? It's like, you shouldn't be ashamed of it, but at the same time, you still shouldn't do it, and I get kind of confused on how I want to phrase my thoughts around this part, because there is this thing of, like, if I did tell anyone, they looked at me like, you're an idiot, why are you doing that? Just, like, it's so Mm. dumb. Mm. And I just, it felt like something that I was really using to cope with everything that I needed to do. Mm. Um. And I feel like yeah, I just an we need more open discussion about things like this and and these coping yeah. mechanisms that we de- that we that we make for ourselves that aren't necessarily healthy, obviously, um yeah, and there just needs to be open discussion about it, but like mm. without glorifying it or being like it's okay because mm. it is okay, but also it's really not okay, and that's yeah. where I kind of get like that's where I wanted to talk to you guys about it and be I- like. it is uh, it
0: is a very difficult one because you do have to there is that it's like you want to make it more accepting but like you also have to like set a boundary as well Mm. like there has to be some sort of boundary that you set where you say well like look like like it's okay and we accept you and and whatever but we're doing that so you can potentially um stop doing it Mm. right yeah um and yeah no i definitely i i definitely get what you mean when we're struggling and you don't want to glorify it but that like man that's so difficult
3: it's really good that you're it's able struggling. to share that though dude thanks heaps um it's it's uh it's something that is it's good to be talked about they've even they've even started changing maybe in an effort to um change the stigma around they've started changing the language around so it used to be people always used to say self-harm whereas now it's changed in the last few years i believe to um non-suicidal self-injury so it's like Correct. um mm-hmm. implying that you're not um trying to um actually end your life it's a it's a coping mechanism for dealing with um emotional uh, issues i guess in a physical way in a way yeah
1: see i've never heard that before so that's quite interesting that's that's like a nice step like when i when i was like going through that and you know talking to school guidance counselors effectively and stuff it was just like it was self-harm and yeah I don't know and they're like there are you trying sort of to kill that, yourself sort of but perspective on it it's am it, it, yeah,
0: yeah. I'm like,
3: no
1: no and i it think it
0: makes think it a different be, thing yeah i think there's something to be said for like breaking down people into uh like what they are actually doing you know like it's not yeah, yeah. not just lumping everybody into like like the, once again this comes back to that like one size fits all kind of issue where it's like okay well if you're hurting yourself in any way then you're borderline suicidal mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and breaking that down into different types of self-harm and, and whatever is, um, is really important for getting people the help that they need and, mm. and the right help that they need. So, um, yeah, yeah that, that's
2: a really good thing, I think. Yeah, mm. I, I think that's very true. Um, and I think uh, coming back to what you said, Rebel, about like feeling ashamed about that, I think um, mm-hmm. this is something that Australia, we, we aren't great at. I, I think, uh, I think Australia—I'm speaking for myself, yeah—but <laughs> I think we're very, we're a very young country, and so we are very insecure, mm. and uh, we we are jealous and and all sorts of other things towards other cultures, um, and we're a bit, um, maybe a bit embarrassed and a bit vulnerable that we we don't have an established culture yet, so we kind of hold on to a few things that we know or things that have we've been labeled as, as over the years and i think one of them is this she'll be right culture or mm-hmm. like um uh, and also uh kind of this like uh, uh tall poppy culture as well which is you know, like cutting mm-hmm. people down when they like want to celebrate or like feel good mm-hmm. about themselves um,
3: especially guys and,
2: yeah especially yeah. dudes and Man. and uh we've, we've all heard the like masculinity conversations about how it's about it's overdue to have a bit of a redefin- redefining of what we count as being a man in Australia, um, but yeah, and I think part of that is um, not being ashamed about when you're um, not being ashamed when you're practicing non-suicidal self-injury or when uh, you're trying to cope with something because um, if uh, it's not shameful to do that because it's not shameful to be asking for help, and it, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, we need to redefine how we feel about asking, asking for help and, um, needing help as well. I think, uh, especially here in Australia. So, yeah. um, and yeah, I, yeah, I d- I d- yeah so,
0: uh, I think that a lot of it comes down to like, um, people like needing to know, not wanting to deal with other people's issues as well. I think mm-hmm. like, I know that that was kind of my experience a bit or like, I definitely struggled a little bit with sharing with my friends and stuff like that. One, because I didn't want to be a burden on them, but also because, and I mean, this might be like a stigma in my head, but like they've all got their own problems and stuff that's going on. Um, And like for me to put that burden on them, I just like, I like really shied away from like really, really shied away from it. But at the same time, it's like when, when people are like, if someone, if you approach someone and they express that attitude, could it be coming that the attitude of like, oh, like, well, like, toughen up or like, go and like, uh, like, deal with it yourself? Is it, is it coming from a place where they're like, they're saying like, hey, I, I can't help you. I can't like deal with this.
4: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe
2: that. Um, oh, sorry.
3: There you go. Fresh. Oh, no. i was, Oh, man. No. Yeah. 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 I don't mean. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. I think it's, I think it's part insecurity. Um, mm. And also part just not really knowing how they could support, support as well. Out. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I was going to say, it's out. probably like not knowing what to do. So awkwardly are, you know?
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Do you think that, do you think that quite a lot of the stigma as well comes from the person looking for help? They kind of like, they put this stigma out there or like, cause I, like even just then I like, I talked about that, that i there wasn't necessarily stuff coming from my friends that would give me the idea that they wouldn't um be welcome to chat and stuff like that in fact quite the opposite but i put that stigma i created that stigma in my own head and applied it to them so then Mm. do you think that that there's something to be said for potentially it that stigma is almost reinforced by people with mental health issues
2: yeah Yeah. um sorry to cut everyone off i Try not to like uh speak too much no no (laughs) it's good what you're saying Um, is good yeah i think usually if you are if you're second guessing your friend's intent to help you or if you're feeling like you're a bother um that's usually a good indicator that you you're experiencing a level of anxiety um we there's uh in cbt they talk about uh also cognitive behavioral therapy they talk about um depressive logical mistakes Mm. so those are like Things that, things that your brain will do, and you have to think, actually, no, that's not, that's just a loop that I'm caught in. Um, mm. And they call them logical mistakes, but um, a lot of those come from like that overgeneralization or um, mislabeling or disqual- disqualifying the positive. So, like, mm. if you have friends that you know are supportive, um, you'll immediately say, oh, that doesn't count for some reason. Mm. Yeah. Um, and that's not really. That's not something that actually exists. That's something you've kind of created for yourself, um, and or fortune telling, so like making a negative prediction, Mm. um, mind reading, and being like, "Oh, that's definitely going to happen. That's a fact. That's definitely yes. That's definitely happening."
3: And then Um, feeling like you can actually perceive what people think of you when you're just projecting your own poor self-image.
2: Yeah, and that definitely Mm. that mislabeling um, or map. Ignored me once, so he will always ignore me, or like mm. um he was busy that day, he was busy because he was pretending to be busy and he actually didn't want to talk to me like definitely uh that uh also that catastrophizing of like exaggerating the import- importance of things that we've done as well, so like um if you if you did a little mistake, you're like, okay, well that little mistakes and it kind of what Fresh was talking about in terms of um you might've like um, dropped your food at lunch or something. And then the end point of your thought is like, and that's how dad's going to die or something like that. Like you, Mm -hmm.
4: you
2: you definitely spiral in in a way, but um, if you look up depressive logical mistakes, you can find a whole bunch um, and they're great for helping to you to identify if you are actually feeling what you're feeling or if your brain is um, kind of stuck in a loop.
4: Mm. Interesting.
2: Um, and yeah, there's, uh, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, different ones as well. I, I've actually just pulled some more up here now, but, um, that emotional justification as well. So like, I feel, I feel hopeless. Therefore things are hopeless. Like mm-hmm. we, we just don't know, you just don't know enough and our brains are very limited in what we can feel. Yeah. Um, and we personalize things a lot. We take credit for things that we don't actually have control over as well. Yes. yeah. So, um,
3: just generalized catastrophic um, feeling as well. So, um, you know, the w- like worst case situation um, thoughts all the time.
2: Yeah, and expecting it as well. Yeah, I think that's a big, big part of it. Um, it's really interesting. Yeah.
0: I've never like I've never thought about it like, but it totally makes sense when you think about it that like you're you're struggling with something and, and your cognitive reasoning isn't like. All that it's uh, it's not at its on its a game, mm. you know what I mean? And then the bloody oh, yeah. spiral
3: happens, man. Because you yeah. <laughs> you're already struggling, yeah, okay. and then you start to think, oh, actually, you start like projecting your um thoughts onto your friends. Oh man, that person didn't smile at me today. Like they must hate me, or I must have done something wrong. And then you start like running through all the things in your head, and anxiety yeah, yeah. builds up. It's just this like bad bad pattern of thought. Yeah.
2: Definitely, and and communication is usually how we resolve it, but um. Communication can also be um, what can make it worse, or yeah. for, for um, and this is a whole nother podcast, but um, that's how um, gaslighting is so effective. Mm. Um, and for those who don't know what gaslighting is, it's the uh, kind of intentionally making, uh, intentionally feeding information to people, or um, insinuating or labeling people um, that they are insane or not of sound mind or lacking mm. insight um and in a way to actually manipulate and and abuse them um and it comes from taking advantage of these logical mistakes that we make Um, Mm -hmm. and we and uh we've definitely talked about enough today in terms of stigma but just the whole labels of crazy and insane when um anxiety and depression really don't fit into those categories and mental health is kind of broadly brought under this like idea of um maybe someone with um quite severe case of um uh bipolar or schizophrenia we or um i think in um the uk it's called psychosis is that right Rebel?
1: Mm, sorry psychosis
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's it's like... Sch- schizophrenia is it?
1: Schizo I, I don't know if we call it schizophrenia or psychosis i think it's schizo- schizophrenia is a more common term i hear thrown around yeah cool yeah, yeah. for sure um, I don't. But, I don't know. Like, obviously, I'm not. I'm not trained or, or a professional. Right, right. So, yeah, of yeah, official yeah. name is in the UK. Uh, yeah. But I've definitely. I helped. thought it might have a different name.
2: Yeah. Um, but we yeah. do. We do broadly categorize anxiety and depression yeah. under um as if it is a severe mental um, health issue, mental health uh, disorder or, or issue. Yeah. Um, mm. When really, even in even in the spectrum of schizophrenia or bipolar, very manageable, mm. very. Happy lives for a lot of people that have those disorders. So um, we kind of, and I guess Hollywood plays a big part in that as mm, well. Yes, we have a um, we have a very clear definition of what mental health looks like, and yeah. it's um, it's very really wrong. Yeah. Is that something
0: we can we can help by like breaking like breaking these. Mental disorders down into smaller chunks, like, like we like, uh, happened with self harm that we just discussed, like, mm-hmm. being like, okay, um, anxiety calling out anxiety or like saying that you're suffering from anxiety is not, um, is not helpful when we need to say that you're suffering from something that, that seems like way, like a less severe thing. Yeah, if, because
4: um, I, yeah, sorry, because
0: there's obviously like all of these, all disorders have like a spectrum, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, there's not, um, there's not, uh, one size fits all and we come back to i said that so many yeah. times that's my favorite word this podcast but like um that's like, a few words mate,
3: but, <laughs> but uh, i know what you i know what you mean like it and yeah. there, and How as the science comes nazis? out <laughs> oh <God. laughs> always bloody nazis mate but as the like science keeps coming out about like the different disorders so we have like um we had i guess everything was just broadly put under depression for a while almost i feel like when mm. i was younger and they then they had like anxiety and depression and then they had and now we've got things like generalized anxiety disorder, and you have social anxiety, you have PTSD, you have all these different. They're they're able to correctly, most of the time correctly, I guess, identify what kind of um, what's actually happened and and why these things are going on a bit, and that helps a little bit with stigma because it's um, for a lot of people like the um, <clears throat> appeal to authority, I guess, makes it a bit more real if you've got an actual diagnosis, makes it yeah. a little bit less stigmatized. But it's very hard to change culture in short amount of time so it's like like zach said hollywood yeah. is plays a huge part in it and has for many many generations even um i still know that um my parents generation like i don't know if it will change for them they're old you know <laughs> they're like pretty set in their ways um it's like a it's almost like a failing of um of of like a character if you were to go to a see a psych because you're you know something wrong with you kind of thing so these yeah, things yeah. really yeah. play into you know children and, and even my generation so it's a real tough one to keep changing but we've taken i'm confident that we're taking the right steps and i'm very encouraged that we're going in the right direction with it
0: yeah lest we yeah. get into the topic of how how important the role of parents and yeah, yeah. child's development again like again. We, that's another thing that we come every <laughs> past which yeah. is like
3: goddamn parent yeah. your children better that and nazis one of the two always
1: <laughs> i think I I feel like the specificity of being able to identify things separately and being more localized is is yeah. really nice because it's, it's it's that thing of sort of knowing your enemy and mm. once you know what you're dealing with, um, it's it's easier it's easier to look in look into ways you know within yourself and externally to be able to deal with these things. Like for me, for me, just hearing that it's not just self harm anymore and there's different you know there's the non-suicidal and stuff that like. Mm that's like such a nice thing for me to hear if, if anyone is you know like going through what i went through and if they're getting that kind of help i think that would have i think honestly just the change of phrasing mm. and the fact that there is potentially a better understanding in the different types of stuff would have helped me like a lot so I, it's, it's like really nice to hear that you know i think the specificity will genuinely help yeah yeah, i agree yeah
2: i think anything that promotes ownership is really good like mm. if you if you have a better, yeah, I think if you can say like, okay, now that I know what it is, I'm like, I can deal with this. Mm. And it's like yeah. the making the elephant t- eating the elephant one bite at a time. I think they say, is uh, you know you know how to take the first bite then. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. What, one thing uh, we haven't mentioned yet, which I think is really important to to draw attention to, is um here in uh, here in Australia, um. And this is a bit of a shocking stat, but um, the leading cause of death in um, young people who identify as LGBTQI plus um, is suicide, mm. um, which is uh, insane. Um, yeah. Sorry to p- pardon the uh, the expression, but that is
4: mm. Mm. It's really that's sad. incredible. That's yeah, yeah it's
2: yeah. Um, and part of that a lot of that comes um it's there's almost a I, I believe there's a cause a, a causal link a correlation between that and uh homophobia and mm. um homophobia communicated through bullying um mm. uh it's uh it's a shocking statistic um but it's real the data doesn't lie <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah, th- yeah. You know, those young people um have yeah have lost their lives because of um, our mismanagement one of understanding people and, and two of their mental health. Mm. Um, no, sorry to bring, bring the vibe of the Twitch down, but no, no, yeah, no, it's no. Pretty, no. It's real. Uh, I, I think that, yeah,
0: there's definitely something to be said there. And it's, and it's so sad to see like a failing of society where, where, when you see like, surely when you see a suicide rate like that, or like uh, a statistic like that, you go, okay, like as a, as um, society, let's throw our resources into this. Let's, figure out this problem and how we can deal with it and i think it's really sad that it's cuz to me it's been that way for a long time like way too long you know and um hmm. and and it's really sad to see like a failing of society so great when it comes to these like young people
3: a lot of uh, things that's that, with that is really or one thing that i find very unhelpful with it is the um the spread of misinformation around the topic because there's a lot of um particularly like youtubers and very like um and like uh, I guess you'd say like, and like right Twitch, streamers. And Twitch streamers, Twitch streamers, <laughs> yeah, Twitch streamers. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> know, Twitch is a generally progressive space, but um, but I mean, everyone's there's there's pockets of people everywhere, but there's a lot of um people, um, and like Shapiro comes to mind, who spout these quite old um statistics on the data, and they'll be like, well, um, these people doesn't matter if they're pre-op, post-op, whatever the the stats don't change and um they've got some serious mental health issues and um people like people don't take their lives because people are telling them they're bullying them or whatever and and all that stuff is like well I think it's completely untrue and it's also really unhelpful and all of the all of the new studies that we can see um have shown like pretty causal links between um people not feeling accepted in society or by their families and mm. um peer groups. And how that's led to some serious mental health issues and um, spirals into things like them taking their life.
0: Yeah. yeah, and it's definitely something to be said that it's not um, like I don't think it's that they they. I think people look at it like oh, still they they associate um, being trans or being part of the LGBTQI <laughs> community. I think you can What's just that?
3: say LGBT, LGBT. Our
0: community as being. Are like some sort of like subset of mental illness and being like, okay, these people are struggling with um, their identity and be- that, that like, that's the men- that's like people equate that to a mental illness when mm. actually that's like fine. That's normal to, it's normal to try to figure out who you are and what you like and what you want to do and who you want to be with your life. Mm. Uh, that's actually completely normal. What's not normal is when people are bullied for doing that and mm uh sequestered sequestered from society and, and shoved to the side and downtrodden, you know. Mm. And uh whereas like and I and I hear it all the time where people oh like they're they're suffering from something or like they that's the illness, you know, that's the illness there, not the fact that they've been bullied and stuff like that. You see mm. it all the time. Um which is just really sad. Yeah. Um and it yeah, discussing it and I mean what, half of these things is like they they're social issues and the best way to combat them is by raising awareness and Mm. foreground so um it's one issue that
3: i um i'm very sad to um think about because there's so much there's so many so much adversity to it at least in my in my circles and also in um the circles that i guess i i I see in online and that kind of thing it's just Mm. like um maybe people don't understand or feel like because they are never going to be in that position it's okay to um throw them to the side and kind of and go with the generalised population, with or or something like that. But yeah, it makes me it makes me sad because it's uh like getting better, but it doesn't seem. I'm not happy with the way that things seem to be improving.
0: Yeah, like like it needs. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like you need there needs to be improvement way faster mm, than, yeah. than what we're seeing. Um, any any thoughts on like what
2: um like how to combat it, Zach? Just out of curiosity. Um. Yeah, I think we can get a lot better at um, supporting either friends or um, if you're like, for instance, for, um, for fresh working with young people Mm. um, or just in your, in your groups, just being better at um, asking questions and like genuine questions, um, taking, taking interest and uh, one, one way that uh, and one approach that I've found very liberating not only for like working with young people who might be LGBTQI plus, but also just people in general. Is just adopting, a, um, adopting an attitude of how can I be the most useful and most helpful to my friends? Um, mm-hmm. And it seems very simple, but when you start adopting an attitude of um, how can I be useful and how can I be helpful, um, mm-hmm. your approach – you approach a way of life that is very selfless. And I, mm. I really, um, I've really valued that attitude um, when I've kind of applied that to situations. Um, mm. The hardest part though, is that it's kind of like a choice in every conversation is, mm. all right, how am I going to be useful? How am I going to be helpful? Mm. Um, yeah, And a lot of times we have friends that will be listening. Yeah. Um, and I think we're, we're shit at that. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think we're great. We're not great listeners. And we, I think, um, I think- yeah. he- um,
0: listening takes time, and people people are learning to value time. It's becoming more of a thing where it's like to value the time that you have, and I think that listening takes a lot of time. And people um, are like unwilling, more unwilling to spend that time on just sitting there listening to somebody. Um, whereas, like, and uh, the people that I've come across with mental health issues, quite often that's just what they want. What they want mm-hmm. is, and what they need is. Time and just someone to like listen, um, um yeah, and it's like the easiest and simplest thing for us to give, you know it doesn't cost money, it doesn't like there's no barrier to giving it other than just how much do you care and how much do you want to help
3: mm yeah for sure. so um, um, I also think the um uh even like it's going to be a long road because even when we were younger, I know that we, th- we i I don't feel like my group ever throughout the f slur often but even just um negatively connotating things towards gay was done mm. so often like oh, any, yeah. anything negative and you'd throw 100%. that out there and yeah, um growing up. and that was something that i had to work on changing like coming out of high school and and if and like and i'm i guess um without being like i don't know it sounds arrogant but i'm the kind of person who would want to change that for for other people but plenty of people wouldn't really care that much so even people who are yeah. under the age of 30 years it's still a problem where they've got that um, harmful language, I guess you'd say, um, and th- and that totally doesn't help.
0: Yeah, uh, that's that's something that's like growing up. Um, it's it's so hard because like quite often when you try to like stamp out something like that, or mm. like it just it doesn't work. It like increases it when you, when mm. you are talking about like kids and high schoolers and stuff yeah. like that. It it it's weird how it works. It's like almost creates um like a desire to do it more or like yeah. rebellion against like authority to to be doing it and Mm. it's so it's really weird it is a weird psychological thing
3: it's like the n-word on twitch like that's what trolls do they come in to say the n-word for no reason other than it's like taboo (laughs) so yeah exactly yeah Yeah.
0: and like they're not they're not racist they're just saying that for reaction and and um for the reaction and for like because people have said don't do it you know and it's so it's, it's such a weird one to try to like stamp it out but I think. I think making those words taboo socially and stuff like that is is um, the right way to go about it, because you still will have those people that do it for like inform like uh not inflammation, that's the wrong word, but like to be like to get attention, you know what mm, I mean yeah. and um, but better that there's a few people doing it to get attention and they're like um, held to account for it rather than it's just a normal part of uh. The, the culture and, like, everybody does it just without thinking, which is what it was when I was growing up, you know, like mm. saying saying that's gay was just normal. Everybody did it and it just became a part of my vocabulary and, um, yeah, I had to work to change it.
3: That's interesting, though, because we've had discussions about censoring speech before and you've been very opposed to that.
0: <laughs> Look, I I'm not... I'm not, I'm not <laughs> I still am not for censoring speech. I don't think that those people should be. Uh, I don't think that we can say that they can't say those words. Like we can't stop them from saying those words, but we can hold them socially to account. Yeah, and 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 call them out for their bullshit. I, I definitely don't think that's the thing. But
4: mm.
0: better that they. I think that it's still. <laughs> Yeah, this is getting into another topic, uh, yeah, but yeah. like, you yeah, know, yeah I, I'm and it's okay. I'm morally consistent, mate. <laughs> well, let me
3: just say that maybe holding them socially account might be banning them on platforms where they do that.
0: I disagree. <laughs>
3: All <laughs> right, we'll talk about that later. <laughs>
2: another <laughs> yeah. another podcast. It's another topic. Yeah, um, um, it go. is. Uh, mm-hmm. It is interesting though, because um, a lot of people talk about and obviously we're not in America, so we don't have a freedom of speech at all. Mm. Um, what we do have though is um, we have the the UN Convention of Human Rights um, and under under that, I think it's Article 2, I can't be sure, is freedom from discrimination. Mm. Um, and that applies to race and sex and mm. uh, religion and stuff. Yeah, think, yeah. But um, we also have, and I'm trying to remember which article it is as well, um, but it's the uh it's the right to uh it's freedom of expression um it's another one as well and those are the' kind of two big ones that we talk about um but you also have a right that um means that you don't impede on other people's rights mm-hmm. um, so you don't you can't uh you can't come under the banner of freedom of um that freedom of speech and not. Come under the right to um, like a fair world and a free world. Yeah. Um, and you can't alienate um one article uh so one human right. You can't mm. alienate it and and have it exist in isolation to the other one. They all have to work so, together. Yeah. Correct. So when when you say um like an N slur or an F slur for for instance yeah. um you are exercising your um. Your freedom, freedom to, to uh, your freedom to express yourself, but um, you're also yeah. impeding on a bunch of other rights, mm. um, interesting, which uh, makes the other one void. So mm. fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's a it's a, I find it a really
3: interesting paradox of like tolerance. So we have this thing where we um, we like to tolerate people. We know that that's a positive thing to to tolerate yep. different views and opposing views and everything, but it's also when you have someone who has intolerable views and um, views that spout intolerance and um, also would be, I guess, um, yeah, causing demonstrable harm to people, then um, it's almost like, do we tolerate that intolerant view? It's it's an interesting paradox. Yeah,
0: Yeah. Um, and my my whole take on it, and I've said this thousands of times before, is I'd much prefer the people that are going to do that to be out in the open rather than uh put them away somewhere where or like sequester them from society where it's like they can like become like their own little um echo chamber and potentially more harm can come from them than if they get called out on their bullshit in a public forum
3: maybe yeah but if they're in the open they're also influencing the dumbasses who love that rhetoric <laughs> yeah.
2: uh, i i always find um like Rapport or like just a good chat is always a pretty good um, way of talking through things like conversation. Mm. Um, a lot of young people, because I've been a youth worker for 10 years now. Mm. Wow, I've never thought about <laughs> it like that before. Be <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Be <old. laughs> um, yeah. Um, and a lot of the time, like in that period of time, like the F slows kind of definitely gone out of fashion. Um, mm. And you have young people that would be like, oh, you're like, are you gay? Um, or uh, trying to get a rise out of me with things that they think are controversial. Um, mm. And a lot of the times you'll reply with something that they're not expecting. Like you'll say, if they say like, oh, are you gay or um, whatever else? Um, that's just the example I use. But mm. Mm. Um, I, was, I was given the question like, would you think about me diff- differently if I said that I was? Mm. Um. And a lot of the times they'll say, oh, no, that's fine. Like, I don't really have an issue with that. I'm mm. just doing it to, like, get a rise <laughs> out of you. And it usually ends in, like, a quite good conversation and then you talk yeah. about it. And right. then they don't really ask that question again. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it's because they get a lecture and they don't, they didn't want the lecture. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, I, I, they, like they weren't that's... expecting to be vulnerable in the conversation, maybe. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, that's pretty much how I address it as well. Um,
0: uh I, uh, it happened to me actually just last week as someone at work was like, like, oh, okay, like, what are you gay kind of thing or something like that. And, and I was like, I was like, is that a bad thing? Mm. You know? um And like, and it just, I just left it sitting there, you know, like I didn't feel any need to clarify whether or not I was homosexual or not, or what my orientation is. I just like, kind of like left it sitting there and just like looked at them, like, yeah and you know like is yeah. that a bad thing like what like what are you gonna do mm. you know like oh ha, have is this one of those let them like sit in that like oh is this one of those situations where i've called a, a homosexual man gay and and i'm really uncomfortable and um and i don't like this situation and and hopefully next time they go to say that to someone they'll remember that feeling you know yeah,
2: yeah. or even like if only it was that simple
0: well yeah i know and and sometimes (laughs) sometimes the problems go deeper and whatever but i feel like for 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 quite a lot of people where it's just like the norm or it's something that they just grew up with and they don't really think Mm. about it as necessarily like homophobic slurge or or even Mm. necessarily racial racial slurge slurs um it could just be that that's what they're used to doing and when Mm. they finally see some negative consequences for it or like some something happens that makes them go, oh, maybe I, I shouldn't do that. They just go, they just stop, mm. you know, yeah. like straight away. And like that's not for everybody. And once again, not a one size fits all solution. But mm. you know, I find that just having starting a conversation or talking about it or whatever definitely definitely helps the mm. most. Yeah, yeah. Um. We're Should kind of we... up to two hours work. Yeah. Should we get into yeah. some questions if there are any? Well, we problems. don't have
3: any questions in the um, um pre- in the um Discord, no so that's cool. All right. Um we that's had cool. a, a lot of chat questions, but it was hard to keep up and go yeah, through. Yeah,
0: hard hard to keep up with chat. They it yeah. moves so fast. Um Do we wanna talk about one more thing
5: um,
0: I yeah, kind of wanted to talk a little bit about um how to or like um Anxiety in relationships, which I've experienced a couple of times um, and or not necessarily just anxiety, but like mental health issues when it comes to someone that you're you're married to or you're uh, dating or whatever. Because I really struggled, um, really struggled with how it completely changes a person. Like how they become so so vastly different, and how when you're in a relationship, quite often you're there because you really you really care and you like that person, and when they become someone completely different, how hard it is to deal with that, and how hard it is to cope with that. Um, yeah. Have you guys ever experienced anything like that?
1: Yeah, I've dated a few people who have had who have had various issues, and I think I think I, I relate to on on some levels because sometimes it'll come. For them in sort of waves right so some days they'll be completely fine and everything will be like it is normally mm. and then the next day you'll go out to get lunch and they'll be like i don't know what i want i can't order for myself like i can't talk to anyone right now and it just sort of switches on all of a sudden and it's being mm. able to deal with that and then try and like you you feel like you need to try and make them comfortable and you're like do you just want to go and they're like no i don't want to go and it's, it's really hard to deal with um i don't know i don't know the right way to deal with it i i try my best and i try and make them feel as comfortable as possible and all that kind of thing but it, mm. it, it's definitely tricky uh and it, it is complicated and i think um maybe there needs to be some kind of like awareness and way in a way to sort of teach people how to assist someone like that yeah. because like i don't have any education in it at all
0: i don't know what I'm no, 100%. Doing. <laughs> and i i 100 found myself in the same boat where I don't know how to help, you know, and it's kind of like well, quite often when you're when people are experiencing those crises, they they're very resistant to or resistant to help almost when they're like in the the worst of the worst of it kind of thing. And yeah. when you're dating someone, you're in a place where you, you care so much for that person that you 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 sacrifice your you almost get to this point where you sacrifice your life and your mental well-being for this person that you really care about and that was something that i coming to terms with that was like really difficult for me and um i'm sure that there are so many people out there that struggle with it um mm. i i i still don't have the answers but i um just go through what i go with anybody that's like that approaches me that is struggling with mental health issues so i try to um encourage them to seek help i listen i i do the best that i can to listen and i care to them on i care for them on some level but i i've definitely got to this place where i don't i don't there's a line that i don't cross i don't cross a line where it's like i sacrifice my own mental health and my own life um Mm. which is really it's really difficult to like find that balance Mm. Um, it's super important to try and find it though mm, because if if you go down the other route then
1: the whole relationship ends up Unintentionally apart. becoming quite quite toxic as well. I think, I mm. well, yeah. in my experience anyway. Whereas you try and do everything to satisfy the the person who is in needs need, and then mm. it's it all kind of falls apart.
0: Yeah, yeah that's definitely my experience as well. Um, I haven't ever
3: yeah, um dated anyone situation. who had like serious mental health issues, but um in in just working with a lot of people who have um quite poor mental health, I know it's very important for me to have um my own. Um, like debriefs and outlets where I can, um, get myself in a healthy place too. Because, um, mm. and it's and it's and it's obviously for my personal benefit, but also, um, how can I expect to help people if I'm if I'm really struggling? Um, yeah, and I can imagine it'd be similar in a relationship. If you're really struggling with your own personal mental health, then you're not going to be a whole lot of help to someone else who's struggling too.
0: No, oh, yeah. yeah, it's definitely one of those places where it's like, it's you need to like take care of yourself before you take care of anyone else and um even as much as that sounds like a selfish way to put it like if you're not in a good place Mm. then you shouldn't be trying to oh um,
3: great for you it's it we should um parallel it to physical health again where when you're having to come to a scene and got to provide first aid to someone you got to actually mm. look after your own personal well-being first because if you're also going to be hit by a car or whatever that's a bit of a dumb example but if your personal yeah, no. safety is in danger then you're not going to be of any help at all to anyone <laughs> yeah
0: Well, what's the thing dr
2: dr abc
3: yeah that's right danger is first your is own
2: danger the danger to yourself yeah. and others yeah yeah you also you also run the risk of um creating well dependency but mm. then even worse you can if you're both kind of stripping that codependency mm. um, and that never ends well. Um, if, you, uh, if you want to know more about codependency, you can Google that one. But essentially, it's mm. where you, you get to a point where you can't really function or live without each other. And um, mm. it's not a place you want to exist. Yeah. Um, no. yeah. But, but yeah, you can, I would definitely encourage people to, to learn about and to, to um, educate yourself on what your partner might have.
0: Um, yeah. and even even the
2: act of being intentional about looking um can have a really positive effect. um it's proven that um even that uh willingness to learn um has very positive um outcomes for your partner mm. um, um obviously you're going to be there for them as well but then also uh helping them to create um if they want you to of course but creating um goals or a self-care plan can be really uh, valuable for them, and um, again, it just comes to that willingness to communicate um, and creating that that home environment that can be quite supportive. Um, yeah, and uh, and also ex- extending, and this is the big one, but extending their support group to outside mm. of just you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 one hundred percent. Yeah, and that I th- a lot of the times they'll feel like isolating themselves, and it would be. It would be just you, and mm. that's a very, very dangerous position to be in.
5: Yes,
0: um, yeah, good
5: point.
2: Great
0: points. Um, yeah. yeah, okay. Well, uh, unless anybody else has anything that they particularly want to talk about, I'm probably going to call it there.
3: And we can um, review the beers.
0: Yeah, Where we can review that? the beers. Yeah. Um, just before we review the beer, I wanted to say that, um, I mean, you touched on it just quickly there, Zach, and we've kind of mentioned it a couple of times, but. Educating yourself on these issues is like, man, it's like nine tenths of the rule. Like, if mm. you if you can be like, we're just trying to raise awareness through talking about it, but um, knowing a little bit more about it, it's all very helpful for stopping any kind of stigma and making people more willing to reach out, and also making helping yourself to reach out as well um, if you're struggling. So, yeah, just look into it more, and yeah, mm. all right, Beer yeah. review. Yeah. Beer review? Yeah. Beer review. I'm going to go first. Um I'm just going to get straight into it. Um so Hollandia Premium Lager is what I was uh a little bit of a uh for those you can kind of slip it out but my namesake in there. So to be honest, it was just uh it was just a lager. It was just a normal lager. It tasted to me like Corona or like oh. uh, I don't know, Great Northern like any lager that I've had that is not it like fancy, it's just like a normal everyday round of the mill lager um it wasn't great, it wasn't bad, it was just a lager <laughs> so um considering that I've only paid thirty five dollars a whole carton, I would actually recommend it yeah. um if you're just wanting like a corona or something like that, but um in terms of uh how it stacks up to other beers that I've drank, not great and <laughs> I mean obviously personal preference in there as well but I'm going to give it a 9 out of 20.
3: Hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh fresh do you want to go next?
3: Yeah, uh so the Four Pines Brewing Co uh Draught Colshall style ale um was really good. I I like I like Colch style ales uh generally. Nice. Um Four Pines is a little exy, I guess. Just um they're not they're not a cheap beer. Um, and it was a pretty like it was good, but it was a standard colch. So, um, like it wasn't an amazing Kolsch. It wasn't. It definitely wasn't a bad one. Um, so I feel like I'm going to give it maybe a fourteen out of twenty for being a good standard Kulsh at on the high end of expenses. Rebel.
1: Right. Yeah. So uh, I was drinking a Viven, which is a Belgian smoked porter. Porter, of course, Ooh. is a <laughs> dark style of beer. Originally developed in London. If you haven't had pork before, it's somewhere between. I want to say it's like somewhere between like a stout or an ale, but then closer on to the lager side for me. Mm. So I'm not really a big ale drinker, so it's quite nice. uh It is very. It kind of tastes like you're. I don't know if you've ever been to like a cookout or a barbecue with all your mates, and then it's like it's 6 a.m. and the fire or the barbecue's gone out, and you're drinking that beer that's been like it was open and kind of sat next to the barbecue <laughs> all night. It it's tastes smoky. A bit like that. Yeah, it's smoky, but it's like. It tastes like that, but not gross. So oh, okay, it's like okay. it's nice and cold, and it's it's like fresh and quite nice. Um, and also it's seven percent, so I'm pretty happy. Mm. <laughs> mm. Better do it. I'd you, I would genuinely probably give it like a seventeen out of twenty.
0: I, wow, it's really nice. quite nice. Yeah. Oh sweet. Yeah, and that's a great score.
2: Uh, Zach, you how's your uh, what was it again? Iced tea. Yeah, Brookvale Union. So they had a uh, vodka based peach iced tea um it was nice it had like that that you you know the iced tea aftertaste so it kind of like just drops off completely so it's like it's really dark and fruity and then just kind of disappeared which is nice and like i was imagining myself like on a beach somewhere drinking it nice maybe like i feel like it's like quite a uniting drink like i could be drinking it and then like a bunch of 17 year old girls could be drinking it and then like (laughs) And then, like a forty-five-year-old lady could be drinking it as well. So, like, I thought you were going somewhere completely <laughs> yeah, different. Yeah, I was, <laughs> like, way. I was
0: like, why seventeen? <laughs> What's going on here? Um, nice, nice, nice. And um, what uh, what rating out of twenty would you give it?
2: Um, out of twenty, that's a lot of that's numbers. A lot of numbers. a lot of numbers. Um, about sixty percent of whatever that is. <laughs> uh, so 14? 12. I don't know. Well, okay, I'm not. Yeah, fourteen, like 13, thirteen, thirteen and that. a half. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right.
0: something like that. Thirteen point 6. 6. six. Nice, very nice, and uh, sweet. All right, cool. Well, um, thank you to awesome. our guests for coming. Uh, mm. Luke Blackfire Rebel, uh, where can we find you, mate? Uh,
1: you can Google me. I'm on Twitter, Twitch, but I'm also been making a pretty big push for YouTube lately. I've been uploading yeah, weekly, boy. so if you want to just go to YouTube and type in Blackfire Rebel and give nice. us a little subscribe over there i talk about uh like feelings and emotions and stuff sometimes and my thoughts on things. so if you're curious on more of that um please do thank you guys for having me i super appreciate it uh, mm-hmm. really sorry i wasn't super awake and active today i had a pretty heavy night last night i, I tried my best That's fair. It, was a... it was, it was a but a it was a day. twitch special
3: wasn't it last night
1: it was a twitch special yeah i celebrated yeah. my two-year anniversary on twitch Two it's crazy.
3: Well, Me and Rebel Congrats. met. Um, it was. It's got to be like a year and a half ago now, um, on Twitch, and yeah. um, we we used to do a podcast together pretty regularly. We've been really good Twitch friends yeah. for a very long time. So make sure you're following this man, especially yeah. the YouTubes now. Like Fire Rebel.
1: I was reminiscing last night. I was watching the first, like the first, like five minutes of our first podcast we oh, did wow. together, and there's <laughs> this bit where i unmute I, I like i say all right guys i'm ready i'm gonna unmute i unmute and then you're like oh my god there's 16 people here and i was like <laughs> oh, imagine fresh imagine fresh being excited for 16 people oh my people gosh he there's pulls, 16 like, people on a normal stream now <laughs> yeah. i was like you just sound
0: so excited it's the first thing that's said in the uh, whole podcast it was so so oh, awesome. back to
3: the good old days wholesome yeah.
0: <laughs> and uh zach mate thank you very much for coming on uh, yeah uh, obviously you don't have Social, I mean, you do have social medias, but like
2: private ones. Um. Yeah, no uh, no uh, public handle or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, though, like if anyone is interested in studying mental health or community services or youth work, um, you can get my details from um, Fresh mm-hmm. um, or from Work. Um, and uh, if you are kind of in a space where you're not feeling that great or if um, you feel like you're in crisis um, and need some support, you can go to Lifeline um, here in Australia. Um, if you just want to hit the, the little help thing again oh, fresh, yeah. that would be great. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it looks like it might be a bit of a sad time because uh, some people in chat are saying that Juice world's just passed away, which is um, sad.
0: Yeah, mm. I was just looking up. He yeah. had like a seizure on the Chicago Midway, at the Chicago's Midway Airport or something.
2: Yeah, 21 years old. Wow. That is so yeah man so yeah, if you are uh, if you are not not coping too well just make sure that you're reaching out to people um beyond blue also have an online chat um mm. between uh so a 24/7 uh telephone and an online chat 4 p.m. to 10 p.m. Mm. um if you don't feel like um if you don't feel like calling you can just do some uh, like web chat kind of thing mm. that's really good a bit more accessible yeah web chat um, right. is I think Kids Helpline does it as well for people under twenty-five.
3: Yeah, so Kids Helpline, yeah, they also and they're what's it? One eight hundred double five eighteen hundred, and they um, it says Kids Helpline, but it's anyone under twenty-five. So, um, nice. hit up all those resources if you're struggling. Bam!
0: Awesome. All right, guys. Well, thank you everybody for coming. Thank you everybody for and. Uh- I hope you made you think about something <laughs> that you haven't thought about before. And uh yep, freshly working podcast. Freshly I love that. I love that podcast. you've got the little mic there as well. I oh, know. What, uh, yeah. what a what a thanks for lad. tuning in, and uh, we'll see you again soon.
3: Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Bye-bye.
0: Bye bye. Well. Bye.